This podcast is sponsored by FlashFilmAcademy.com. If you're into photography, filmmaking, or video production, FlashFilmAcademy.com is an online training platform designed to help you monetize your passion. There's a ton of information online to help you capture a better image, but there's only one place you need to go if your goal is to make a living doing what you love. Enroll today to get three free courses. FlashFilmAcademy.com. It's time to turn your passion into profit. Before we even get started with the podcast, I want to introduce something new to you. If you're tired of missing these live streams or missing videos, we have a new service where we can text you when we go live or launch a new video. All you got to do is text Flash Film to 74121. That's one word, Flash Film to 74121. All right, let's get started. Let's go ahead and chop into this thing early. I don't want to wait that five minutes. Let's 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 go ahead and skip all of that. It's been a while. I feel like it's been a while. Um, new time, new format. We here. Let's do it. Today we're gonna to talk about the importance of one contract slash form that people will try to slide and sneak in and put in your paperwork and your contract when you do business with them. You gotta look out for this. This this is one of the biggest things you need to worry about. Whenever you do business and it is the clear defined difference between owning a business and being a contractor. If you're a contractor, you don't have a choice. You don't get this as a contractor. You get this as a business owner. And we're going to talk about why, why you need to be focused on it, why you need to learn about it, why you need to know about it, why you need to look for it. Because a lot of companies will say, oh, your contract is cool, but sign our contract. And you go sign that contract and you just signed away tens of thousands of potential dollars today. That's what we're going to talk about right here on flash film Academy. But first, you know, what we got to do, we got to run these graphics. That's how we roll. Let's do it. You're listening to content and cash, a flash film Academy podcast. If you want to learn how to take pretty pictures, this is not the place, but if you're ready to make a living by learning the business behind the camera, buckle up. Because it's time to turn passion into profit with your host, Ty Turner. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is your first time on the channel. My name is Ty Turner. I am a former Army combat photographer, the owner of Flash Film Media, and I am the guy that's going to help you get fly when it comes to understanding the money side of things in this business, in this industry. Our goal here is to help you get that bag and understand business we got to help you understand the business part of it i'm gonna ask you people to post where you're from in the comments so we can get this thing going today i want to talk about what's known as a work for hire but first i gotta mention our sponsor our sponsor for the day is flash film academy where we have a gold membership where you'll get access to complete lectures like this you'll get access to all the behind the scenes footage you'll get access to everything including the community for twenty dollars can I make it any easier, people? Go to gold.flashfromacademy.com. Check that out. That's us over here. It's us. We, we sponsor ourselves because we stand behind everything. Pause for a second. I know you're in the middle of something dope, but I wanted to make sure I tell you about a course over at Flash Film Academy that changed the game for me. It literally took my business from attracting mostly low-end clients to consistently landing and closing bigger clients with bigger budgets. It's called the five key steps for creating an effective portfolio that converts. If you're a photographer, videographer, editor, 
colorist or graphic designer, it's very simple. This course teaches you how to take what your brand does well and present those things in a way that help the clients understand how your brand can solve their problems. When clients are trying to make a decision on why or even if they should work with you, blasting them with your best video clips set to music won't cut it anymore. It doesn't set you apart, show value, or help buyers in the process of making a decision. This course teaches you how to create a commercial for your brand, providing a first impression that will help 10x your ability to land quality clients. Remember, if you can't effectively tell your story, Clients won't hire you to effectively tell their story. Go to flashfilmacademy.com today to get started. Use promo code POD5, that's P-O-D-5, to save 15% off this course. So let's talk about a few things real quick. We got people coming into the gold member lobby. I'll be with you guys in one second. But let's talk about a few things. We got people in the house from Tennessee. Um, Let's talk about a work for hire. And what is it? What is it? And why you need to be very mindful of what it what you're giving up when you sign a work for hire because you're giving up a lot and and a lot of people don't discuss this a lot of your content creators who saying i shoot video for x y and z a lot of them sign work for hire so work for hire means that whatever you create you don't own the copyright law states that by default everything you push your shutter on and hit a button and capture you own it's yours Even if somebody hire you to do it, you are the owner of it and you're allowing them to use it. They're paying you to be in that space, in that place. You own that image that comes from your camera. That's why if you have a camera right now, you need to go inside that camera and make sure that in the metadata, you have your business name. And usually the year, I usually go inside my Sony's, my Black Magic's, and in the metadata, my Canon's or whatever, I put Flash Film Media. So on every image I take in the metadata, it's Flash Film Media. Make sure you go into your camera and you change that setting. It is a pain in the butt because they give you this BS um, keyboard that you got to go through and you got to do all this and do all that to get to it. But make sure you go inside your camera, especially my photographers, and you make that change and you make sure your name is attached to every image that comes from your camera. Right. I even got it. Where's camera one and camera two? Because I got multiple cameras and I like to know which camera took it. It may come down to that. So make sure you go and you update that immediately. Now, let's get back to what a work for hire is. Exactly. Like I said, a work for hire means that though this company has hired you, you agree that anything you capture while working for that company, they own. Why is that a big deal, Ty? Who cares? Because you don't have the rights to it. You can't use it on your portfolio. You can't use it on your website. If they decide to go, they may say, hey, we're hiring you just to take pictures of this person because we think they're cute. And you walk past a magazine and you see your stuff on the front page of a magazine. They owe you nothing. They owe you nothing. There's nothing to talk about. They'll say this work for hire, your honor. Case closed. Why you got me here? You signed. You know, you signed it. Why you got me here, buddy? So you want to make sure you are aware of work for hires. Now, if you are a contractor, you have been contracted to create something. If you are a business, they have hired you as a business. And that business is creating something that the person who hired you can use it via a licensing agreement. So you want to make sure you know the difference. 
A lot of people who go into this business ain't reading. They want to sign their contracts instead of providing your contracts. And your contract will state that we are not a work for hire. We own it. Right. That's what people say. Well, you know, why do you sell and use contracts? Because you got to protect yourself. That's why we sell contracts, because a lot of people don't know what they're giving up when they sign what an, what a client provides to you. Have I ever done a work for hire in the beginning when I didn't understand what I was doing? Absolutely. I didn't know no better. That's why I'm teaching and telling you guys so that you guys aren't caught working for companies that's providing work for hires because they'll say, yeah, we'll sign all of that, but we need you to sign this first. And you're like, okay, I really want this big paycheck. There you go. And you don't own anything. And that business can run that video for the next 40 years and they don't owe you a penny. It can go national. It can go broadcast. It can be everywhere. This is for photo and video and audio and graphics. And it can go everywhere. And they don't owe you anything because it's literally like handing over raws. Even if you got the raw file, it don't matter. You got the raw file. It was a work for hire situation. You you did it for them. You can have the raw file. It doesn't matter. They don't need the raw file. They can run what they have and keep running with it and display it and put it everywhere they want and continue to make money off of it. You don't own the rights to it. In fact, they can send you a cease and desist if you decide to put it on your website, make it a part of your portfolio. They don't care. So you need to understand that you can't you 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 don't want to sign one of these now. If you are a contractor, if you are a contractor, then you you may not have a choice. You may not have a choice, contractor. You may not have a choice um, you, because you're they're hiring you to work. They're hiring you to do work for them. So keep that in mind. As a contractor, this won't be something that's up for debate. When you get hired by a company and you create content working for that company, they own that they own that that content. It doesn't matter if how you created it, why you created it. Some companies, some companies even own content you create when you're not on the clock. So be careful of the stuff that you sign. And this is when you work for a company, when you're hired to, you're getting a paycheck, you're not a contractor, when you are an employee of the company. So these are things you need to be mindful of. And these are things you need to look for when you're presented with contracts and paperwork and all of that, because all of your licensing is out the window. So it's it's extremely important that you look at what you sign, because what you sign could say, hey, I negate and don't care about any paperwork that I am providing to my client after this date that covers this information. Wow. That's weird. It's, we're still on Zoom, but that's weird. So let me get out a second to reconnect and do his thing. Okay, for some reason, that's weird, but we're going to keep rocking with it. But anytime things change, anytime you have them sign something, what you're doing will negate all of that your content. stuff. It doesn't matter. So it's very important that you are aware how of you created it, signing. why you created it. And if it is a work for hire, you do not want to sign it. So I'll give some time to get everybody caught back up and let everything pop up. For some reason, YouTube was like, wait a minute, buddy. I'll give people uh, a minute to jump on and get all caught up. But I want to make sure I continue to stress how important that is, because if you don't if you don't understand it, you will get got. So.
those are things that will be presented to you even if you have your paperwork together. And I want to make sure that you understand why it's important to be mindful of those things when you're working with bigger clients. Now, they may try to pull it on you. They may try to sneak it in. They may try to, you know, hide it in some different things. So you got to know exactly what you're looking for. It's called a work for hire. Work for hire. It's a great way for a company to get out of paying licensing. They can hire you for a headshot. If you go do a headshot for somebody and that headshot ends up on a book somewhere and that book is published and printed and on the cover of Time magazine, you got to get paid for that. You own the license to that. So those are things that you need to be mindful of when you're starting to work in this industry. And a lot of people don't know. They, they, they think that the contracting is the way to go. It's when you're a business, you don't do that. Own your content. That's your equity. And if you are willing to sign that, you better charge a whole lot more. You better charge a whole lot more than what you're currently charging. And, and we got contract packs and stuff like that that go into detail and, you know, give you all the stuff you need. But you want to make sure where even if you don't got a contract or contract pack or none of that, you know to look for these things if they're having you sign stuff because businesses are very good at making sure they get you to sign their work for hire. They're extremely good at that. Um, and I want to make sure that you are, you know what you're looking for, because I see this happen over and over again. Big shout out to those that's listening on a podcast. Please make sure you rate us. Give us five stars if you like what you're listening to. Make sure you, I don't care if you're on Pandora, if you're on um, wherever you are, if you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple Music, I'm going to ask that you hit that, hit that like button and make sure ask that you review us. Um, and in the comments, I'm going to ask you guys, have you ever been presented with a work for hire? Tell me if you've ever been presented with that. I would love to hear your feedback on it. We still got that going on. For those who are listening, we still offer 15% off everything using the code 15 live. We're our own sponsor, so we have to, you know, we don't have all of the good, cool sponsor, all the other cool cats got like Squarespace and all of that. So we got to we got to represent ourselves here. So. While I give you guys time to uh, to do that, we're going to get ready to bring in um, our gold members that's waiting. Make sure everybody's good. Give y'all a few minutes. I like to let y'all know. Um, also, let me say this real quick. We now have opened up where we have demo lessons on the master courses. So if you ever want to see what they're about, if you go to Flash from Academy, you get to watch some of the demo lessons. And I need more people to submit Submit and send me your demo reels, your your website, so we can have a live Q&A where we can look at some of the things that you have done and kind of go over it. Um, I would love to get more because right now I just got a handful and it's not enough to do a whole show. If I get a lot, I will dedicate a show to just looking over things and, and you know, giving my opinion and things like that. So um, submit.flashfromacademy.com. Please make sure you send it. I would love to do it. Whole lot of fun, whole lot of fun. So give me a second. We're going to get everybody that's uh, that's waiting. Um, we'll give them a chance to join and uh, jump on this uh, call because we got some guys waiting. Let me go ahead and set it up real quick. You got to give me a second. You know, it is, we're doing a different format, so it's going to look weird at first, but we're going to get it together. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. All right, everybody. You guys are muted, but you won't be muted long. I got to get this hooked up right there. There you go. Don't be looking at my, 
There we go. We got some top secret stuff in the background. You guys can, uh, I know you're muted. You can unmute whenever you're ready. And then we can jump right on in while we wait on some. Uh, yes, sir. All right. Let me, let me, uh, give me one second. Let me switch this to this. There's all kind of stuff going on. Let me switch this to that. And then we can, uh, okay. So we, can you guys hear me real good? Yeah, I, I can hear you. Ty. You can hear me. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Make sure I can hear you guys. Have you ever been presented with a work for hire? And if so, how did you handle it? Nobody? I actually have not. Uh, even though I have worked for larger companies, but I have been. We actually, I took a course um, that taught me about it before. And he said to, to keep for a lookout for it. Got to keep looking out for it because they will try to, they'll try to sneak one in there. I had a company try to sneak one in on me. Um, and I was like, no way, there's no way. And, it, and it's funny because they they had nodded yes to my contract. Like, yeah, we'll, no problem. Legal looked over it. Great. We're going to sign that. And we're going to send you this. And I was like, it's a work for hire. There's no way I'm signing this. If it means we can't do business, I'm okay with that. But I'm not, you're not going to, no, I'm not doing it. And it was for a company that was a national company too. So the last thing I wanted to do um, was commit to regional pricing and not get um you know the full price for it if you're wondering like well what should i price it it says my internet is unstable that's weird if you're wondering like what should i price it and things like that um getty has a licensing tool if you google getty and licensing yeah, tool, lagging on my end i'm not sure what's going on that's weird let me see my signal everything looks clear I'll yeah the it. zoom call is pretty choppy the uh the YouTube feed was much clearer. Yeah, that's weird. Okay, I'll give it a second. I'll give it a second to keep doing what it's doing. Um, but I make sure I uh, give it a few minutes. But as I was saying, like you just want to be careful with it because I've had people try to slide it in, and you know, like I said, I've walked away from deals because we couldn't agree to that. I'm not. It was a it was a national company. I got hired to do some regional stuff. And I don't want to take the chance of them going national with it. And I'm losing out on everything because they own it. I like to own my content when possible, if possible. So I know that um, uh, Nicholas said I had to work for hire once. So I can post that on here. They took it and put it on their website. I want uh, let me see if I can get that question on here. I'm having a little bit of a let me move that over here because it's a really good question. I know he was saying that he had an issue with the company that uh, tried to hit him with a work for hire. There we go. Make that question a little bit bigger. There we go. How to work for hire once. Work for hire means they need to add to your work. They took it and put it on their website. I won the legal matter. They didn't add it. It just used it as well. Okay. Um, all right. So like I was saying uh, earlier is I've had times where I've walked away from deals because they wanted me to sign a uh, work for hire. And I was like, I ain't with it. It's not happening. Not for me. So you got to you got to protect your brand. And sometimes that means walking away from deals um, and just you being mindful. find a way to, to work it out where they removed it and you still got to work with them. 
Um, I had one job I walked away from and I had another job where we increased the price because they really wanted the like companies that do that. They want they want the licensing. They want to own it. Like They want to do what they want to do with it. So we can we can create a buyout price. Absolutely. It just won't be the price that I quoted you. So, you, you know, using the, the, the Getty uh, image tool, we I figured up a buyout price and they bought it for that price. Other time I just walked away because they didn't want to spend the buyout price. They wanted to get it for the price that they were originally quoted and the price that they were originally quoted wasn't to outright own the content. So I'm, I'm at a point now where I have no problem just walking away. I'm going to be honest with you. I just, you know, I'm, I'm not going because you don't want a company to make $2.8 million off a $2,000 video you shot and you put your blood, sweat and tears on and they're, you know, you don't want that to happen. So it's just it's ways it's ways around it. Definitely ways around it. And and you know for me, I want to make sure that you guys are, um, you guys are aware of it because a lot of a lot of guys that are really ramping up and going into business and starting back up, you're getting a lot of things presented to you, and I want to make sure you look for this. Um, yeah, money, man. I, I I was actually just talking about a time where I walked away. I'm okay with walking away from a client if if the paperwork doesn't align. I'm not. It, I'm not gonna say, you know, depending on the situation you're in at the time, you may say, hey, I need the money. Who cares? Um, depending on what situation you're in, it may work for you. But for me, I was like, I'm out. It, it's, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. So. You know, some companies are will say, oh, well, don't worry about it. We'll get it. You know, hey, we'll just get what we can get. And we'll if we you know, if we get to the point where it's national or regional, we'll come back and we'll adjust it at that point. Some will be like, OK, but companies know what they're doing. Their legal their legal department knows what they're doing when they present you with the work for hire. They're not just it's not just standard paperwork that they use to send to people. Um, just, you know, well, this is what we do whenever we do video. They know what they're doing. You're not going to run into this. Um, you're going to run into this a lot with companies who have hired multiple video companies, video production companies, or photography companies throughout the years. And they have intentions on doing X, Y, and Z with it. And they're trying to make sure you can't come back and sue them or get more money from them. So usually they know what they plan on doing with this. It's not a sneak. Maybe we may want to in the future type of it's, they have plans on going national or sending out mailers or shooting a commercial and they know what they're doing and they're trying to make sure they don't have to come back and they have, they're, they're, they're crossing their T's and dotting their I's. You don't get this from people that's like, well, we heard that this is what we should provide. No, you don't get that from those guys. Clients know what they're doing when they have this. So, um, you know, you you have to be smart enough to notice it, to look for it, to see it, to spot it, because they'll just slide it in and I say nothing. Oh, we'll sign yours. And then you read their contract and their contract says our contract negates anything on your contract. Literally, I've had that. We're happy to sign it, but you got to sign ours. And then I'll read through theirs and it'll be like your stuff is void. This is the uh, like we'll abide to everything in your contract except what our contract covers. Our contract is the leading contract or um, the main contract and anything we don't cover, you know, your contract fill in the blank. So you got to be real careful and keep in mind when you start working with big companies, they have legal teams that doesn't they do nothing but write these things or look over these things or reword or pick through or this is what they do for a living. Those lawyers are bored. They're sitting there. They're paid hundreds of dollars per hour to just stand by and do something. So. 
they are they are there to 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 pick through anything. And I've worked with big companies like GE and Google and huge companies, Walmart, those companies. They're I'm not gonna say they're difficult to fight. Sometimes they'll be okay, but you got to know your stuff. You got to go in there with your paperwork and you got to know your stuff. If you go in there and you lost and you like, well, maybe I don't, you know, I'm just so happy that we can, you know, I'm just, well, I can't wait to cash this check. They will get you. They will get you. So you got to be smart about it. And I'm just going to be real. When you sit in a room with a legal department, you may not be the smartest one in the room and it may feel like that, but that don't mean you have to get stepped on. You know, you don't have to get stepped on. Like you can walk away from the deal, um, especially, you know, you can walk away from the deal. Keep that in mind. Always. Um, let me see some of the questions. You guys have any other questions uh, as far as this? I'll, I'll give you guys a second. Wait for a few more questions to pop up. Hey, I got a question. Go for it, bro. Like, what are a few like non-negotiables? Like in a situation like that for you? Well, that that's definitely a non-negotiable because usually, like I said, when it's presented, it's not presented as a, oh, we just want to be cautious. It's presented because they have bigger plans and they don't want to pay for it. Any Anytime it's presented without them saying, well, what's the buyout price? If we, if, cause usually, okay, the proper way to do it is, hey, what's the buyout price to own it outright? Right? The sneaky way yeah. to do it is a, is a not for hire agreement. The, the way they should present, they should come to you and say, hey, we're thinking about maybe going national or we don't really want to be held back by paperwork when we use this content in whatever way we decide to in the future. What's the cost to outright own it? What's the cost to, to, to own the licensing? What's the cost to, to do whatever we have in mind to do? And that is the conversation you should be having with clients if they're real and upfront and they're honest and they're you know, and they and they approach you right about it. That's that's people who are shady or who are trying to hire companies that don't have the the business experience will say, "Oh, we love your price. Yeah, that's perfect. Two thousand dollars. We're gonna shoot this. Perfect. Yeah, we just we gonna give you some contracts. And oh, you got contracts. Okay, that's how they're gonna do it. And they're gonna try yeah. to get a national video because think about it. When you got smaller companies like us who provide great quality, great content." You got to remember for the past year, ESPN been shooting with iPhones like the quality, the quality bar for what can make it on TV is way lower than people think. And the quality, the image quality coming out of the average camera is just much greater. I mean, look at last year. I'll give you a great example. Last year, if you look at football, it was probably two games a week that had that a seven S three look that was on the gimbal that really shallow depth of field. They were using the a seven R three, not even the S three at the time. We're like a 50 millimeter that I call it the Madden look where they run on the field behind the, 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 the quarterback that's running out. It's a really shallow depth of field. And that shot just blew people away. Like, what is this? Mind you, we're in a stadium full of $300,000 cameras with, with $200,000 lenses on them. And, you know, we uh, they're blown away by a seven uh, R three that's on the field on a, on a Zimun crane somewhere. So, the quality difference is there. Like I, the, the whole fight over this camera offers this quality and we can, that's out the window now. They're, the best shot during football comes from an A7S3. The best shot, the shot that you remember comes from a guy with a handheld gimbal running onto the field 
blowing people away. Now, every stadium got you got one. Let's see it. Hold it up one more time. Now, every game got that guy. Every I'm like, man, it used to be two games a week. Sunday night, maybe one during the day Sunday, like the game of the week or whatever, and then maybe Monday night. But now, every single game got the guy. Watch when the quarterback take the field or he's coming off the field. Watch how they run on with the gimbal. It's just it's cra- so so quality image quality is not as clear cut as it was maybe six, seven, ten years ago. Like it's not that clear cut. You no, know, we've all seen if you've seen the shorts that I posted just watching the uh the uh the the iPhone thirteen update, you gotta understand that's coming. We can we can act like it's not all we want, but it's coming. We could talk about that in a minute, but you know, you can't fight or you can't offer that much better quality. So you got to be you got to offer other things. And even speaking to the iPhone 13, let's talk about that a little bit, because I think people are afraid and they feel offended when I say it's it's coming. Will it be your film camera that you film Transformers on? Absolutely not. The same way a mirrorless camera will not replace an Alexa. Right. It will not replace the top of the line. You know, content, I ain't gonna say content creation, but filmmaking camera that's designed to capture an image that's going to be portrayed at, you know, 30 feet by 30 feet on a screen in front of us. Will it replace the average content creator? It already has. A majority of the YouTube videos you watch now are captured on cell phones. It's not captured on reds. It's not captured on DSLRs. It's not captured on mirrorless. A majority of stuff you watch, I wanna say 90, 90% of TikTok videos, 70% of Instagram videos and probably 60 to 70% of the content you watch on YouTube is already captured on a iPhone or a cell phone. So to say that the, the cell phone or iPad will become the content creator's number one camera of choice is not saying a lot because it's already happening. You don't need a ton of equipment to, to start a YouTube channel no more. Like you, you never have, but it, you just don't need it. it it's coming. And an iPhone 7 video quality looks better than the NFL did 10 years ago. Like, it's not even close. So, it's coming. Is it going to replace your video, your, your film? No, it's not, it's, it's not going to replace, it's not designed to replace what an Alexa or a Red can do. But it'll get you damn close. Just the way a mirrorless can't replace an Alexa. Come on, side by side, pixel peeping, it's not, it's not close. I mean, it's, I'm not going to say it's not close. When you pixel peep... There's a clear difference if if image quality is the thing you're looking for, but it's close. Like I can trick you. I can. Trick I'm gonna you. buy a, a 13 just to have as like a third camera angle. Absolutely. Like crazy positions with a gorilla pod like mounted on the wall just to have it. Absolutely. Yeah. Think about if you can sit a 13 in front of someone and the back facing camera is the person you're interviewing and the front facing camera is you. That's two cameras in one device. Recording at the same time, I'm creating an interview. I got a, I got the Rode, the new Rode Wireless Go with two mics and going into one input, left and right. You got a mic, I got a mic. Let's have a conversation. And I think what a lot of people fail to realize, right, when they say, "Oh, well, the image sensor and it's such a small lens and blah 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 blah," that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's taking 50 frames in that one frame, pulling out the detail in each frame, compiling it together recognizing your face, making sure your face is well exposed 
adding Boca to the background. Make it, it's checking the reds to make sure the reds are reds, the blues are blues, the green are green. Then it's, it's, it's looking at it with LiDAR and detecting where the sharpness should be. Like, it's so smart that the limitations of the average camera, you, you are the limitation of the average camera. The iPhone don't have that issue. It's not limited by your expertise anymore. It's not limited by your knowledge anymore. It can just point to a, to a scene and capture the correct exposure in most cases where the average person with a camera can't do that yet. The experts, we can, yeah, but it's not about how great we can be. It's about making the average Joe catch up to us. That's the problem. If it can help average Joes produce an image like we can produce, and they don't know about the exposure triangle, they don't know about, I mean, it's literally saying, I'm going to show you how to tell a story. Go out and get a wide shot. Got it. Go out and get a medium shot. Got it. Go out and get a close-up. Got it. Now put it on a tripod and talk. Got it. Like, it's going to be an app that's literally walking people through it. And, and apps are starting to do it. And at the end, it'll put it together. And they'll have a complete story designed from a template that they downloaded somewhere. That's scary to what we offer. So embrace it. Learn it. Get ahead of the curve. One of my favorite cameras is my Osmo Pocket. I use it for everything. It's one of my favorite cameras. It's my Osmo Pocket. Because it's just little. It's great image. The stabilization on it is second to none. It's one of my favorite. I've, gra- I've grabbed so much B-roll with an Osmo Pocket. And I'm thinking like, man, we're shooting this for YouTube. I can go set up my uh, DJI um, DJI gimbal. I can go put my A7S three on it, find the right lens. Or I can just pop out my Osmo Pocket and just capture it. Will the client know the difference? I have done 30 projects and they have not noticed the difference. Don't get me wrong. There's times where quality is king and I want to get the A7S three, but there's times where I've walked through a lobby with an Osmo pocket and I got it on manual. I know the settings. I know where I should be ND filter, yada, yada, yada. And I've blended it because I got uh, the DJI log. I've blended it with A7S three footage and the client just didn't spot it. In fact, I've done it for videos you've seen on YouTube and people have not spotted it. Nobody say, where's the quality drop? Nobody. So you got to start paying attention to those little tools that you could be using to help fill in the gap, um, fill in some of the gaps on, on, on what you create. And it just may be faster to say, all right, we out. I've had, I keep mine just in case there's something I want to capture and I don't want to dedicate a whole nother camera or stop. And, you know, if, if there's something going on, I don't want to have to, I, and I got, probably four or five cameras, but I usually take minimum two or three on the shoot. I don't want to have to take an A7S three out of the cage, put it on the Ronin, yada, yada. You know what I'm saying? Like I usually keep both, but if I got a guy over there running with it, capturing B roll, I'm capturing a roll of somebody talking and then I can just pop this out and just get a behind the scenes shot or a moving shot of the, of the speaker speaking while I got the main shot. It's just nice to have. So it's one of my favorite cameras. One of my favorite cameras. Definitely. Um, FYI, Sony makes the uh, the iPhone lenses. Absolutely, I like the picture of uh, Razor Ramon you got right there. It takes a real one to know to know who that is. I was I was a big Razor Ramon fan back in the day. Um, since iPhone is the way of the future, what to tell clients who ask what gear you use, or say that's all you brought? Um, when you show up with just an iPhone, I think that there are still going to be tools used with the iPhone in the future, and this is just me you know, guessing, but I think that there's still going to be tools used. 
such as cages, grips, um, the ability to stream the external monitors, which you can already do that now with an iPad. I think, uh, you know, there may be lens accessories. Um, think about it. Like you, you have to be a certain age to real, to understand, like there was a time where you got laughed at if you showed up with a DSLR. Like you got, they were like, what you gonna do with that? You here to do video with a, with a 5D Mark II? Why? Where's your camera at? Where's your big camcorder? Where's your, where's your FS 700? Where's your big old camera with the lens and the, like, like there was a time where you, you, you were ashamed to show up with a DSLR. Even if you tricked it out and caged it out and like, that's why cages and matte boxes really sold. If you ask me is so you can feel the part, you can show up and feel confident with this, with this mirrorless camera, with this DSLRs, like, like you had to trick it out to make a client for you to feel like a client was like, Oh, okay. That that's why a lot of that stuff. So you go back and look at that, you know, a lot of that gear, man, a lot of that gear was to make you feel confident on shoot. Cause you showed up with a DSLR and you had, you know, I got a matte box. I got the monitor. I got the handles and we're going to be able to, ca you know, and, and you felt like the client was like, Oh, okay. The client don't really care. Client don't really care. Not as much as you think we're just conscious of it. You know, whatever car you got right now, right. Whenever you see another one, there's things you notice that the average person don't care. Right. I'm a Dodge guy. I got a challenger. I look at other challenges and I'm like, that's an ugly strike. Why would you do that? That's not what color is. I look at stuff because I have one and I notice it. So the average person, I get, you know, I get people run up to my car like, oh, this is my dream car. And to me, I'm like, well, they got a scratch over here. You got this need to be fixed. But they don't see that. They see, you know, what they see in clients who work with you, unless you're getting hired by an agency or you're getting hired by somebody who has shot commercials and they want you to add some footage or something like that. Yes, they will. I'm not saying they, them, them, I'm not saying that doesn't exist, but for your average mom and pop shop, if I'm a, listen, if you are a 13, 14, 20 year old who want to get in the industry and you have an iPhone right now, if you come up with the business side and you shoot budget videos on your iPhone and you know how to light it, you, you can get good audio quality and you can walk into a mom and pop shop and shoot them a video for social media that you can edit right there and, and send to them and you can do it for cheap and make you some good money. Why wouldn't you do it? If you can tell a good story with a, like, why wouldn't you do it? Why would you wait until you got, I'm gonna wait till I save up and get, it's not going to make you a better, I mean, it'll provide better quality, but it won't help you be a better storyteller. So there is a market for people who need straight from iPhone quality content right now, today. Why wouldn't you go after that? People, that's low hanging fruit that people are skipping over. I don't mind making $500 for a two hour shoot. If I'm only bringing a, a iPhone and a tripod and two lights, let's go. I can shoot that quick. Like, let's go. I've had people wanted me to shoot like they couldn't understand. They wanted to go live from their business and they didn't understand how we were going to shoot it with mirrorless cameras or DSLRs. They thought we were going to bring iPads and let them go live. Like, no, we have other ways of doing it. But I mean, it's just low hanging fruit that people are just skipping over really for more ego than anything. So if you are somebody that's young that want to get into the business that that they got a phone in your pocket. Go find somebody you can shoot for with that phone. Blow them out the water with quality. Under promise and over deliver. Make them say, you got that from that? Wow. Your demo reel is all cell phone footage? There's, there's YouTube channels I watch to this day. And I'm like, they capture all of this on a cell phone? 
Moving shots, panning shots, sliders, tilts, time lapses. Cell phone, you can throw up a time lapse and then finish it. And like, there's so much you can do. It's, it's not even funny with, with a cell phone. Like, it's so much you can do. So there is a market for that. Social media don't require a red, an epic red, an 8K, you know, 12 bit, you know, log that's color graded into. They don't need all of that. Everybody don't need that. Everybody don't need a race car. Some people need a station wagon. Uh, Toyota, Toyota took over the market because they realized that everybody don't need this huge truck, GM. Everybody don't need this super fast race car, Ferrari. Some people just need a daily driver that can get them back and forth to work and get groceries. And that's why we created the Toyota Camry. That's why we have the Toyota Corolla, the number one in probably four best selling vehicles on the planet right now. Because everybody else was thinking extreme at the time. And when they realized that this is a bigger market, it was too late. Nobody care about the Chevy Cavalier. Nobody care about the Chevy Malibu, the Chevy Impala. Nobody care about that because they, you've dominated this market. So I'm not saying that your cell phone will eliminate high-end gear and camera. I'm saying that it will become or continue to become the number one tool for content creation and maybe a little bit of filmmaking. That's all I'm saying. So it's already, you know, they're already shooting movies with it. So just just keep that in mind. iPhone iPhone 13 is doing going ProRes. You think they're going ProRes for 8-bit? No. You think they're going ProRes for nothing? You think they're going to eat up all your memory to give you a 100 megabyte per second file? No. You can take raw images with the iPhone now. Like they're they're moving in that direction. And and then you have to think about Apple as a company. Right. Let's talk about. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm missing some of your questions. Let's talk about Final Cut Pro. Right. Final Cut Pro used to be a really hard to learn high end video editing for the professionals. And, and Apple said, you know what? Screw them. It's more people making need video editing software for stuff like YouTube. Why are we going to go after the the 50 companies that's making movies when we can go after the 50 million people? That's making content for the Internet. Let's make it let's make it dumb, stupid, simple, easy. And let's and let's sell it to people who are making content for the Internet because it's, it's more valuable than the 50 movies they come out with a year. And they shift it. And when they did that, they had crazy, crazy, you know, things took off. I got an Apple guy right here. Go ahead, Rodney. So um, on the final cut side, that for me was the breakthrough in creating content. So I started out originally, I think, I ain't gonna lie. I mean, I, I was acquiring software through a number of means, right? <laughs> TechSmith, Camtasia. Uh, I, I le legitimately had like, uh, what is it? Windows, Movie Maker, Camtasia came along and I was like, oh, okay, well, this is what I can do with this. When I started working for Apple, um, Obviously, they give us some benefits. One of those I was able to kind of utilize and, you know, get uh, Final Cut and Apple Motion for free. And I wanted to utilize that to my best advantage. And I came in, I think, right when they were switching over from Final Cut uh, 7 to Final Cut Pro 10. And there was that big upset that happened with using magnetic timelines and all that stuff. Um, so I don't think I had the opportunity to appreciate what the previous generation was doing with uh, Final Cut Pro 7. But let me say this, is that I understand that there are tribes, 
complex groups, fans of a particular tool to utilize to do their videos. Uh, and that's fine. If it works for you, it works for you. If it gets the job done for you and the client, it gets the job done. But here's what I want to say about Final Cut, because people, I think, are sleeping on it and sleeping on Apple Motion as well. Uh, there have been a number of cinema-released productions that have been done using Final Cut. There have been highly acclaimed TV shows, including Game of Thrones, that have utilized part of what they've aired uh, used by creating Final Cut. So I just don't want people to think that ah, it's kind of a basic tool, right? The simplicity, the, the technology that goes into making it that simple and easy to use takes a lot, but it is so, so powerful. And then when you're using like third-party um, add-ons for folks like uh, Motion VFX, uh, I think maybe Pixel Film Studios is a decent one. Uh, there's a few other ones out there as well. I mean, you can literally, and I, and I lie to you not, you can literally do 3D motion tracking and grab a 3D object from like Pixel Bay or Pixel Squid or whatever, implement, put that into Final Cut and act like it was there the whole time. It's there. It can be done. You don't have to use Adobe to do that. Uh, so don't hate on Adobe. I'm not hating on them. I, I love Adobe. I love Final Cut. I love DaVinci. It's just what is your tool of choice to you? So I'll get off my soapbox for a bit, but <laughs> just, yeah, sorry. The thing I want to make sure I stress to all of you, right, to everybody that's watching this. Okay, so I always have an analogy. There used to be a time where the camera industry was just – it was the old guy sport. It never changed. We never was cameras and cameras and blah, blah, blah. Cameras are now computers, right? They're all computers in your pocket. The computer industry doubles every 18. It changes fast. You got to be with it. Computer industry never stays the same. You can't be stuck on, this is a camera and I saw them a camera. And people are like that about the way they run their business, their pricing, everything. You're now in the industry that's technically in IT. You're, you're, you're just, you're in the IT industry technically. And the IT industry evolves. It changes very fast. You got to be flexible. You got to look forward to change. You can't be stuck in how we used to do it. To stay relevant, you, you, you got to be open and open-minded for that change. And that change is going to come with every aspect of the business. You can't get stuck on something for too long. Right. You can't you just you can't you will you will die if you don't evolve. You got two choices. You can stay stagnant and die or you can evolve, period. You if you did something. Five years ago, it probably won't work today. Look at how much gear you have and tell me other than maybe your glass. What do you got? That's five years old. It's maybe a good microphone. But the but what it connects to has changed because now you probably want 32-bit float. You probably went from 16-bit to wanting 32-bit. So much has changed. Like, you have to evolve, right? And even the way you think has to evolve. The idea of a big sensor is thinking that's the only way to get great image quality is just not true anymore. It's not true. Or we all would have moved to medium formats by now. But we haven't. Medium format is more, it's great. I love I love medium format. I, I'm not spending forty thousand dollars for a camera that takes medium format pictures. I think it's more of a fashion thing, more of a status thing, more of a Lamborghini of cameras than functionality. That's just my opinion. That that may not be truth, but that's just my opinion. That's how I feel about it. 
I've never seen people achieve something with the Hasselback that wasn't achieved with a very high-end 50 megapixel Canon. And that's just my opinion. That's not scientific. Some people are, they totally disagree with me. You're totally right in your sense. I'm not trying to change how you feel about it. I'm just saying from my perspective. I've seen people reach the cover of Time Magazine with an iPhone. So depending on what you're trying to do and what direction you're trying to go in, it may be a game changer for you, but for the majority of people, it's not. So depending on what direction you're going in, gear is going to, you may be totally offended at the idea that an iPhone can come in and do everything. You know what I'm saying? And and, and another thing I want to talk about, because I see people talking about lighting. Another thing I want to talk about um, when it comes to smarter technology, these iPhones don't need a scene to be well lit. That's that, you know, your camera do your camera needs you to add lighting. This iPhone is taking 50 snaps with one pull of a trigger. So in one of those is exposing for your face. The other is exposing for your clothes. The other is exposing for your background. The other is exposing for the, your friend who has a different complexion than you. Then they're exposing to get shot details in the shadow. Then it's exposing to get the whole sunlight. Then it's exposing to get all the blue. And then it's layering it together. Your camera is only taking one picture. And you're hoping it captures enough data for you to adjust it in post. That iPhone don't need to do that. It still offers that. But it's smart enough to say, hey, the sky should be blue. This skin tone should be this. The eyes should be white. The teeth should be white. It's getting to the point where it's like, let's cover up this blemish. Let's hide this. Let's do that. So you, it's difficult to beat artificial intelligence. Can it be done? Absolutely. I'm sure there's plenty of computers that lose at chess, but not for long. Not for long. It's just it's just what's coming. Um, go for it. Oh, go for it, bro. Yeah. Like another thing I noticed is, is uh, when I work with like older producers, uh, I'll show up with like the mirror list and they'll be like, what, what is this? Like. Like this isn't gonna do the job. And there's one shoot we had a it was a ten year old Panasonic, which is a big thing. And he was like, Oh, we're we gonna use that. And I'm like, like, I don't wanna tell you this. I'm not I didn't <laughs> say it, but I was like, it's way worse than this GH five I got right here. Big it's old seven twenty P Yep Panasonic. But he's, it's big. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, that that is way better, obviously, just because it's bigger. And I swear that's half the battle is like make it seem way better. Like, that's why you rig everything out, because then they're like, oh, I'm getting my money's worth now. Like, it's, that's like half of it. We call them BFCs. Uh, B is big and uh, the C is camera and the F, I'll let you guess to <laughs> what it is. But in the military, we call them BFCs. And they, they, they you know, it was, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I read a book that talks about value, right? It talks about value. It talks about the fact that when you hire a locksmith. They don't just come up and be like, there you go, 300. Like they're taught to struggle with it a little bit. Like, oh, this is a tough one. These, these to make you feel okay with the money you're about to spend. Because if they was like, boop, 300, like that's it. I could have blown up. They don't want that. So they're like, oh man, this is a, man, this is one of the hardest locks I had to pick today. Uh, let me try. And then, you know what I'm saying? But you, when you're sitting there like, can you get it? Maybe, I don't know. I'm going to see what I can do. If I can, you know? And you're like, oh man, this is tough. And you're like, oh, I got it. Like, perfect. Let me give you this $300. Thank you. They do it because they don't want to fight with you. But they can come up and be like, boop, pop, pop. All right. So it's weird, but they're taught to do that. There's things that, you know what I'm saying, like that it feels better. 
Your doctor leave, letting you wait for an hour. They're taught to do that. It feels better. If you got a doctor that ain't busy, you probably ain't got a good doctor. But when you wait and, and like three nurses come in, and ask you the same question, we're here to take your temperature. We're here to check and see if you like all of that stuff you go through is to build value. When you show up with that and you putting stuff on that rig, you got smart arms and stuff, ain't lights. And they like, oh, we bought that. They bought to shoot this for real. They bought to. That's why I tell you show behind the scenes shots. Right. When you go and pitch a price for video, if they see lights and boom poles and C stands and you show up with a van and they're like when they see that, they're like, oh, man, I see why you cost what you cost. If they just see you with an iPhone, they're going to be like, I ain't paying you nothing, Jack. I got an iPhone. So, you you know, it's just about selling value. That's all. We, we're going just the, way, the same way we find ways to sell value with mirrorless cameras, we'll find ways to sell value with iPhones when we get to that point, when it's respected enough to be on set. But trust me, nobody, if you showed up with a mirrorless camera back in the day, you would get laughed out of there. And that, and that 5D Mark II was running circles around a majority of the cameras of camcorders that were out and it provided the ability to change lenses. You got bokeh, shallow depth of field. It was, it was, I'm telling you, it was an uppercut when it came out. Like it was a game changer. Like people were, were devastated. Like, what is this? And it was being used secretly on movie sets for all kinds of movies you watch. I think they use it on like Black Hawk Down and a bunch of movies that were using this camera. But you can take it and go do a shoot and they would look, they would frown on you like, what is that? So companies started making cages and, you know, all kind of monitors and all kind of stuff for it. Makes you feel better. So, um, you know, it's just where the industry going, man. It's just where it's going. It's not yeah, like that with audio, too. Like, I'll even have I knew a guy uh, who's shooting with the GH5s and I, I pull out the road mic and he's like, oh, we can't use that. That's still like the 3.5 jack. And I'm like, if the cameras have gotten this much better and this much smaller, like audio has followed. Like, Absolutely. you got to put two, and two together there. People think preamps got to be huge. You're going to write preamp. The preamps ain't even look at a little. People don't understand. Like, you know, things just change. And photography has always been like, it's always been the sport that the old guys will fight you. But man, I've been using Nikon since 1976. I'm never switching from Nikon. Nobody makes a better camera than Nikon. What if I told you that Sony makes half of their sensors? It don't matter. The Nikon is the when they get the yellow Nikon stickers when it works. Probably like, all right, bro. Like, I'm not gonna argue with you, man. You know what I'm saying? I get, don't you buy that Sigma Tamron crap? I don't put nothing on my camera but Nikon. I'm like, all right, bro. Like, I'm. Go for it. Like, you know what I'm saying? So this, those were the same guys. Kodak is going to be around. Film is going to be around forever. And I wouldn't even switch to that digital crap. You just want to. All right. Like, cool. I'm going to leave you right here and I'm going to keep going. I remember I laughed at a friend of mine. I, I, this is a true story. A friend of mine had a Sony camera and we uh, we all had. I was in a unit. We all had Canon. And I, I bought a Canon. I started on Nikon because I learned on a Nikon. I've always wanted Canon. But the real reason I bought a Canon was because my unit had Canon glass. So if I had a Canon body, I can go and get any glass I want and just use it. They'd be like, here, I go get 400 millimeter whatever and just keep it forever. Here, here. And I, that's why I bought it. But a friend of mine had one of the first can, uh, Sony mirrorless cameras. Oh, we laughed at him so hard. He came in here with this little bitty cute camera. Like, what is that? Well, that is the and the boy he got me back now, boy. He he, I'm telling you, we laughed at this guy. What are you doing with Sony? 
What are they making? Walkman? You got a Walkman camera? Like, what is that? Like, get that little. We were just clowning him. What is it? A remote? Is it a TV remote built into? We were riding him. And he'd be there. We'd be laughing at him. Boy, he got to laugh last now. Because everything he I got to say. He was a delayed bro punch. He, a delayed yeah, bro punch right there. Absolutely. <laughs> it, you ever see, like, when the kids, they like, try to pull your fist back. That's what he was doing to me. Like, hold your fist. And soon as I, I, it just it was yeah he got the last laugh i'll never forget that but you know you live and you learn you got to get off you know sometimes you got to get off stuff and keep moving companies that don't get off stuff and keep moving are the sears the jc pennies the toy the toys r us they didn't get off stuff sears is like we're gonna we're gonna stick to what we're doing we're selling t-shirts and and, and washing machines they didn't get off stuff home depot came in and said you know what we're gonna change it you know, there's companies that change things and you got the old guys just like I'm not. And when I say old, I don't even mean physically. I mean, mentally, I've met a young, a lot of young old guys. They mentally were just stuck in that 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 point of time. But we're cameras are computers. They're computers. Computers change. You can't go and get a graphic card from four years ago and think you're going to compete with something that's out now. It's just not going to happen. Like, sorry, not sorry. So keep that in mind when you are. In business, when you're looking at gear, things change and and be open minded and be ready for the change. Content creation wasn't around 20 years ago. Like either you were filming for news, movies or commercial. And if you were in the film industry, that was about it. When I when I started growing up, people were like, when are you going to get a real job? And I thought that, OK, I like filming and stuff. I'm a teenager. But unless I work for the news, I got to go out here and get a real job. And I did. And the industry started catching up to my skill set and look who's ahead of the game. All that time I was playing on computers and taking pictures. I don't look that crazy no more to a lot of people. You're always on that computer. You always got that camera. You always taking pictures. That was me. I would buy eight, 10 rolls of film at a time. I wanted, you know, I wanted certain cameras and I had the VHS camcorder. I just, I wanted to film. I felt like I was telling history. I felt like it was important for me to capture this stuff. So, I look crazy to a lot of people. I don't look crazy anymore. People are like, wow, you, you know, I don't look, I don't look that dumb to a lot of people anymore, but I, I did for a long time. They're like, something wrong with this guy. So I, I was just a little bit ahead of the curve and, you know, luckily things went the direction I went. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, but, you know, luckily we're in a time now where this skill set is a very valuable skill set. It's a very valuable skill set. Um, so it's important that, you know, you take advantage of the times. Um, like I said, I feel attacked. I shoot Nikon. There's nothing. Listen, if you shoot Nikon, you can stay Nikon. There's nothing wrong with Nikon. I'm just saying get a current. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with Nikon. Let me say that. I like Nikon. I like what they're doing with the mirrorless lineup. Um, it, it's it's I like what they're doing. You just got to be, you know, just make sure you don't got an old film. Nikon. And I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I wouldn't mind getting my hands on an old film like Rebel and you know, get my little dark room set up and go a little nostalgia with it, go old school. I might play some records while I do it. So um let me see. In the future you won't need cameras to take pictures. You'll 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 take pictures instead, you'll snap a moment straight from your eyes. Okay. Fa- uh Facebook and Ray Ban just launched glasses. I don't know if you've seen them. They're very similar to what Snapchat did some years ago, but they're glasses with cameras in it, and you can just take pictures of what you're looking at. 
You can just take pictures of what you're looking at. Um, so I think I think a lot's going to happen in the 360 camera space. I think that's a market that's really, really um, it's not it's untouched. I'm going to say it's untouched. It's not fully taken advantage of. I think there's a lot to come with 360. I tell people all the time I, I lost a father to cancer back in 2018. Uh, I bought a 360 camera. Right. And I set it there. And some of our last conversations I got on film, 360, 5.2K. And now I have the Oculus headset that I can put on and go back and relive that moment. How valuable is that? It's something that people don't really think about. And as I was recording it in 360, I never thought about the idea that I would go back in VR and have the ability to sit next to him again and look at him as we have this conversation. Look at myself and I can look at him. But it's something that I just forward thinking, just captured it. Really, I captured it with the with thinking I would just take what I need out of it and just, you know, put it on a 2D TV and just film him. Um, but knowing where things were going, you know, future wise, I'm able to put it on my Oculus and I'm able to sit there with him and have a conversation or, or at least be in the conversation or be in the same room as the conversation that happened at that time. So those are things that people aren't thinking about that I think 360 video and content will offer. It's just, it's more submersive uh, when you want to be in a, in a memory again, it's different than taking a picture of a memory. It's being in a memory again. So it's something that's dope. It's dope. Um, Diane said, I'm, I'm Diane said, I'm married to my glass. So yeah, I'll keep the, keep some Nikon stuff, but I really like in the Sony's. If you go Sony, you can adapt the Nikon glass. Um, actually pay Parker, Parker's my guy. Big shout out to Parker. Actually play with Facebook glasses all day today. Pretty cool stuff, and they look great. Don't say that, Parker. I'll order some. Robert said, at the end of the day, all of the modern cameras are so good that it, it ultimately doesn't matter what brand you use. Nobody can tell the difference. It's all about the workflow at this point. Absolutely true. That's even the case with cell phones. Even the case with cell phones. Absolutely. Um, recruiter once told me that all content creation creators are in the tech industry also. Yes, you got to look at it that way. You have to look at it that way. If you look at it as old school, just a camera and then, nope, it's a tech. It, it's it's something that is extremely, and it becomes more and more important to businesses to tell their story, to influence by way of social media because people are spending way more, they're spending way more time on social media than they are in front of TVs nowadays. Think about that. Wherever people go, that's where the money go. People are in front of social media way more than they're in front of TVs. In fact, they go on social media to watch TV or talk about what they've seen on TV. And that's where wherever ads go, wherever people go is where ads go. Wherever ads go is where money go. Keep that in mind. So you want to be where the money is and you have the ability to do it. Sennheiser mics are mics that you can buy 20 years from now or 20 years ago. And they still sound great today. Absolutely correct. Um. Great questions is coming up. How to find work as a newbie or a beginner, video editor, videographer. Okay, I got two answers to this for this. One is going to be there's a lot to it. Um, there's a lot that need to be in place before you are in front of clients that want to buy from you. Two, we have a whole course. I gotta plug the course because it's so much stuff that you need to know before you're able to get clients. I wish I can tell you. Go on 55th and uh, over there on such and such avenue on Tuesdays and wait. There's going to be a guy named John. He always, it, it just don't work like that. It don't work like that. 
Let's talk about it. Make sure you post that in the comments. That way, that way Parker can, uh, he said, while we're here, what are some topics that you guys want to hear about from Ty? I'm just talking in third person. That's weird for me. Yeah. So definitely, definitely. Diane, go with uh, like the A6500, A73. Right now is a good time to get A73s for cheap. A73s and A7Cs, good time to get them for cheap. Good time to get them used market cheap. Because I'm going to tell you right now, between now and the end of the year, don't be surprised if you see a lot of cameras dropping, especially from like Black Magic. They're due. They're due to drop something. They're quiet. They're real quiet over there right now. Sony's real quiet right now. We still ain't got A7 four specs or the official thing. We still waiting on a new DJI Mavic. We're still waiting on a few things. Fuji got some up its sleeve. It's Christmas time. People want to spend money. They're going to like last year. A lot of cameras were announced in October. Or, or in a September and October, and they were dropping November, December, right around Christmas time. So um, keep keep that and get your get your put your pennies to the side if you're due for an update, and, and keep that in mind because there's going to be a lot of heat, um, a lot of heat dropping, especially around NAB ish. Usually NAB is in April, and everybody will announce it in April, try to make it available by June, July, and then you know have enough stock so you can go crazy for Christmas. Right now we got a chip shortage. So it allow people to start to work on cameras through the summer to bring in chips so they can announce it in October when NAB happens and then they can make it available in November. But if you want something, um, you want to definitely jump on it. Mr. BC, are you upgrading to the iPhone 13? Yes. And I have a 12, so I feel bad. I feel bad coming on here saying that. But I am I am going to uh, give Apple my money once again. Apple is I just want to Apple should just get a subscription. Like I should just be able to pay a car note with Apple and they just send me the newest of everything. Just I want to just lease it. I'm so phone leasing is going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing. I want to just lease a phone. I don't want to own it. Keep my keep my data in the cloud and just send me a new one. Like I want to just wake up and be like, oh, snap, I got the new. I don't even ask me. You know what I want. Give me one terabyte. Give me the regular silver. Let's do it. So. um, Let's see. Definitely, definitely uh, make sure you guys. Yeah, if make sure you guys post topics, we can definitely go over more topics. I'm actually looking for just a lot of stuff to make sure you guys are getting. You know, you guys are getting the, the right questions, the right information you need to help grow your business. Anybody here got any wins? Go for it. You can go for it. I seen a hand pop up. You got wins from this week? Oh, yeah. So I um, I just finished up uh, with a I'm actually trying to move into the nonprofit space um, because I'm looking in Santa Barbara, California, which has the most nonprofits uh, in the U.S. concentrated there. So much retired money. Um and I've actually found, I think, a good little niche within there because I know you've said in the past they can be tough to work with because they're like, oh, they not, well, you got to do this for free. We're a nonprofit, you know, like, but I found a way because they're always doing campaign fundraising. Mm-hmm. And so if you if I, I've been approaching them more or less like, look, if you're in, making an investment here because you're going to get a way bigger return on investment with the campaign videos. Um, because the clients are going to see that and understand what you're trying to get money for much better. And so I've gotten three clients now uh, doing that. And so I'm going to try to continue doing that in this space. And I'm fortunate that Santa Barbara has such like a, a large network of that because they also connect me to 
to other nonprofits in that area. So that's been nice. I like this guy. I like how he thinks. Absolutely. You want to take advantage of that, man. You that is that is that's that's a great place to be. And approaching it with that, you know, that angle will definitely get you places. Will definitely get you places. Because usually with my song, where's my they ask you. This is what I usually Don't you care about the cats? You can't you shoot this video for free? We're we're trying to raise money for kittens here. I know you like kittens. We're gonna have plenty of kittens on the shoot. Don't you wanna just shoot it for free? I'm like, no. I wanna I gotta you know, I got kids to feed. I can't mm-hmm. feed my kids your kittens, so it ain't gonna work. So it's not gonna work for me. So, you know, nonprofits are just they're tough, but if you're in a land of nonprofits and you have a way to help them see how they can make a profit, great. Definitely great. Especially if you design a, a brand that, you know, that caters to that pain point. That 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 is built on that pain point, because that's a pain point that they they have over and over again. And if you're designing products and services around that, then you're more valuable, especially to them. So that, that's that's definitely a win. That's definitely it's a win. nice because that like lets me get in the door and then they're like, OK, we can contract you out for other stuff now that we've like worked with you. So that's like it's great because it, it really is like the best icebreaker because they always need that stuff. And they're going to need headshots. They're going to need shots of events, photography at events. They're going to need lifestyle shots. They're going to need testimonials from people they've helped. They're going to need video snippets from social media to show that they're out here actually doing what they're raising money to do. Absolutely. Get in there, um, build a relationship with them, and and grow your business by working with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I see some of the stuff popping up. Absolutely. Quick, quick question for you, Scott. I see a keyboard back there. I'm not going to put you on the spot or nothing. We're not going to put you on the spot, but I'm going to ask, uh, is that a Phantom? I can't see it real good. It looks like a Roland Phantom, maybe? No, it's uh, just an Akai 88 key weighted controller. Akai is still absolutely great. That's absolutely great. Run through, run through Cubase for all the instruments. I had to double check. I had to double check. It was looking real nice back there. I'm I'm one of the guys who spent a whole lot of time in Guitar Center but couldn't afford nothing. <laughs> I was the guy that was like, I would go there to see if people would have like the jam sessions. And I, at the time, I was like, one day I want to get a Phantom. F, I think it was like the F8 or something like that. That was, uh, you know, that was out at the time. It's for studio work. It doesn't really make sense to get keyboards anymore yep. because they're just kind of limited on their sounds, what comes with it comes with it. Yeah. And uh, you can buy all kinds of plugins and sound modules on your computer. Uh, you know, that doesn't gig very well. You can't take it to, to shows or anything, but um, for studio work, it doesn't make sense to, to get a dedicated synthesizer anymore. I was, I was kind of dabbling around in it back in the days where everybody had like tritons and motifs and like racks. And I was using like Fruity Loops and like Reason. They were like, those computer sounds will never be as great as, you know what I'm saying, what's coming from. I'm like, the Triton is a computer. What do you mean? Those computer sounds will never compete with what you get from all of these racks. And all. I'm like, man, what are you talking? Okay, so look, look at how times have changed. They have changed. It's changed a lot. Tommy says, um, Super Chat. Good looking out, Tommy. Super Chat. He said, I got a nine buck. I got a lead for $9 on Thumbtack that turned into $1,700. That's what I'm talking about. It's a $1,700 product for the client. That's what I'm talking about. I love those wins. Any other wins, let me know. Thumbtack is a great place to get started. It's it's some low-hanging fruit, but you can get some really good clients from Thumbtack. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. That's what I like to see. 
Um, let's see some other questions. We got a few popped up. I see some some good some good uh good comments. I'm just looking for, for the questions. I see some great niches from working with boxing gyms. Uh, do you think DJI would use B-Raw on their next drone lineup? I think DJI, what they got something that uses ProRes Raw. I think they inspire one of them. It's a big war going on between B-Raw and, and ProRes Raw right now. So um, it's it's I'm eager to see what who does what. What companies to approach that may require video production? Okay, every company needs video production. But but thinking of it that way is incorrect. The way you have to think about it is who do I want to work with and how do I build a brand to to be attractive to that client? You, you're not going to walk up to a guy with a camera and say, I do video and they trust you and believe you and cut you a check. Those days are kind of over with unless you get lucky. It's best to build up. And that's why people wonder, like, I'm not just pushing the course, but it's a lot of stuff like this that has to be learned. Um, on building your brand to appeal to a specific type of client with video production. Once you understand who that client is, you'll know where they're looking, um, where they're looking for for business, for for companies that offer what you offer. You can't you can't get everybody. You can't catch every fish. You got to know what type of fish you want to catch. And then you'll determine when you need to go out on the lake. What you know, what type of boat is best, uh, what area of the lake what type of fish and rod, lure, weight, you'll know all of that once you determine what type of fish you want to catch. That's why people who, you know, who are who understand they want to catch largemouth bass, they have a whole lot more, uh, they have greater success than somebody who's just throwing it off, throwing a worm off the pier, hoping to catch something. Definitely. Um, go, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Sorry if I may. I yeah, think, like, a lot of people, like, what got me first in in the door was like leveraging my connections I already have. Like you have so many connections you like and like interests you already have that I think combining that with a video at the beginning is a really smart idea because they're willing to work with you. They know you, they like you and you can do it for either free or really low cost at that point to get the experience. And it's probably something you already enjoy. Um, Cause like you said, everything needs video, but do it in something you actually want to do. So that's kind of how I got into the nonprofit space because I'm really big into environmental science and, and that sort of side. So, uh, and nature. So that's why I headed that direction. I tell people all the time to be intentional, be intentional. Your success won't happen by chance. Be intentional, build it. Um, and, and when you work with companies and there's certain companies that you want to work with, you got to be intentional. You got to look the part, you got to walk the part, you got to talk the part, you got to offer something that they can use and that's why I go back to beta clients. Get with a beta client. Let them tell you. A beta client, let me break it down because I, I broke it down before. But a majority of my audience is fellas. And let me break it down so fellas can understand why beta clients are important. Fellas, if you've had a big sister or, or you had an older female cousin and, and you were close and she was like, listen, I know you like this girl. But don't go over there saying what you just said. I heard you say to this other girl. Button your shirt up. Comb your hair. Take a breath, mint. 
and just go say hi. How you doing? Like if you've ever had a big sister or a mother or somebody in your life to kind of help you and be like, listen, don't go over there saying all this cool stuff that your fellas because your fellas would be like, go over there and be like, yo, baby, I was don't do that. This is what you're going to do. I want you to <laughs> I want you to go ask her what's her name. Big sisters or big cousins or they'll get you right. If you got a good relationship with your mother, they'll get you right. Beta clients are like that. Hey, don't go over to this business. Tom awesome. We want to sell you. This is what their issues are. This is what their problems are. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to approach it. Beta clients help you understand the pain points and what uh, somebody else who you're trying to sell something to is going through so that you can address their issues before they even talk. That's just, you know, those are things you need. You need these things because it's going to take you years to figure them out. You're going to spend a lot of money. You're going it's going to take you years of failing to figure it out. If you can get somebody just to tell you three people that are beta clients to just tell you, hey, this is what I got to issue it. This is what's up. This is what I would go and offer them. And you can compare it between multiple beta clients. You can you can definitely win. Um, There's a question that popped up about. Let me double check. Um, Carter said, there's an issue I see myself running into while niching down. I want to help with distribution. So like SEO and running ads, would that be competing with, with my uh, other clients? You got to be more direct than that. Who, for who, what do you want to do? Who do you want to do it for? I need to, cause just wanting to do something. I want to shoot. Welcome videos for who? Because once you decide who you do it for, it's going to change everything. Let me give you an example. If I want to shoot a welcome video for, I always use the example dentist, or if I want to shoot one for an auto mechanic, those are two different worlds, right? Those are two different worlds, two different color schemes, two different logo types, two different names. They're, they're just two different industries and I need to be very direct on which one I want to work with. Could I jump over from one to another at some point in time? Absolutely. But starting off, if you got to put, if you're trying to get a return on your investment, you're going to get a better return on your investment. The more intentional and direct you are. Just like if you play roulette, you gonna get more money if they land on one number than if you try to get red or black or five or six or seven different numbers, but it's less of a gamble. So you want to be very intentional. Very intentional. Um, there was a question that popped up about, I think it was the Black Magic 6K. Somebody said, would I buy a Black Magic 6K? I love it. I would wait to see what else Black Magic does because they're getting ready to do something. And it depends what you're shooting. If I'm doing more documentary style, yes. Um, here we go. Ty, would you use the Black Magic 6K Pro as a photo camera for real estate? Absolutely not. Hell to the no. Uh-uh. No way. <laughs> That's not at all. For photo, not at all. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I would rather use an iPhone than that. I just, it's just not, no. Uh-uh. Um, if you're doing photography for real estate, no, definitely not. Video, maybe. Photography, no. I would not. I have got a question. Go for it, bro. So... I've been using Tave for a couple of years now in my business, and I like it. 
but after starting to listen to you and uh, using Proposify, and I signed up for a trial, and it looked pretty sweet. And I totally get it how the proposal sells itself when you're out there, and you can have your video, and you can have your story, and you can have links to, to pages and, and let it do the hard work. I like the, the metrics that it gives you on um, you know, who's viewed it and for how long. So that combined with my problems I'm having with Tave where there, there are certain bugs that kind of make it a little bit unusable for what I'm trying to do. It's, it's really geared for wedding photographers and that's what I thought I'd start out with, but um, you know, my throat hurts. <laughs> I've been listening to you for a couple of weeks now and it's still kind of bruised. So I'm like, man, do I want to tie up my weekends all summer or do I want to have fun with my family? And like, I like doing business stuff. I like the business contracts and it seems to be easier. Um, and I just want my weekends. So I'm probably going to be getting out of weddings and, uh, you know, uh, and focusing like what you're talking about niching down and you know i've got i've got backgrounds of other businesses and i've created other businesses so i, I kind of feel like i've got that in to these clients and i'll have to pick some niches and go after them like you like you say so back to proposify i like that so but like you said you use honeybook or used honeybook it doesn't proposify does not replace honeybook it is just one aspect it's just the proposals what do you use on your back end for client management and project management software? Okay, that's a great question because I used Tave for about two years. I used Tave for about two years. I now use HoneyBook. And I'm going to tell you why I use HoneyBook. Um, I use HoneyBook with Proposify. They're, they're not really integrated. I just jump out, of, I jump out of the process of HoneyBook and then go back into the process. What I love about HoneyBook and... I'm just, you know, I'm just speaking from the heart. I love that it creates a workflow that does everything. Like when I say does everything, I mean, I, when I put the, the uh, contact form on my website and a client enters that information, they're entered into my workflow. They're automatically sent a questionnaire. Once they complete that questionnaire, they can pick a date for a follow-up call. I'm just getting, like, I get notified that somebody started it. But it don't really bug me until it's like, yo, they picked a date that matches with my calendar because I only have uh, two days, two days a week where I do follow up calls because I like to get them. You know, I like to I like to sit down and knock out multiple follow up calls so I can be in the zone. You know, what I mean, I'm fresh when I pitch. I like to remember what's on my mind. You know, what I mean, I just like to be in the zone. I don't want to do one Tuesday morning and one Thursday evening. I like to have them lined up for Monday between 10 and 2. So I'm just fresh. I got the information in front of me. I'm ready to go. I got my three cups of coffee. I'm good. Um, Tave allows clients to go through that process of filling out information, getting the questionnaire. If they don't open the questionnaire, they're bugged about it until they open it, fill it out, then pick a date. Then I'm notified of it. Once I finish with that, with that, um, I can go back in HoneyBook and say X, Y, and Z has happened. And I'm going to send out a proposal on this date. And HoneyBook automatically follows up with that person. And then it continues the process. So usually I'll have it step out so I can do a proposal. HoneyBook will automatically let that person set up a follow-up call for me to, it's a good time to follow up with you now that I have 
now that you have the proposal. Now in that space, I'm using Proposify to send my proposal. I know they've looked at it. I know what pages they're on. I know it's important to them. I know if they've clicked it, filled it out. If not, I know I have a follow up time to follow up with them. Once I follow up with them and they've selected what they've wanted and signed the proposal, I go into HoneyBook and say, okay, they want they want an interview, they want teleprompter, they want hair and makeup, they want X, Y, and Z. Once I enter that in HoneyBook, it'll and we choose a date for a shoot, it'll notify the people on my team, this is where you need to be. Like that to me is brilliant because I can always like they have access to the client file enough where they can see what's going on. And I don't have to bug them and be like, Tuesday, we got this. Thir-. Their calendar is created for them. And then it'll it continues on through the process of saying, hey, we shot on this day. HoneyBook will say, did you shoot it? Yes or no? Yes. OK, well, based on this type of shoot, you have in the system that it takes you 15 business days to send out the first revision. And I'm just off the top of my head. Um, you know, you can set this up in HoneyBook to say when we do headshots, it takes 48 hours to send whatever whatever you have set up. So what HoneyBook will do is it'll ask you like, you know, where's the links? Can we send it to the client? So you send it to the client through HoneyBook um, and then HoneyBook will notify you, hey, you you told us that revision, like the client has 48 hours to submit revisions. We'll send them on a questionnaire automatically so that they can submit the revisions. Once they submit the revisions, HoneyBook will say, you told us that, that, that you have three days to complete the revisions. Okay, so everything is mapped out in HoneyBook to go from them signing up, signing up and requesting information to I marked it, mark it as complete. And they're sent a questionnaire asking about my, how was it working with us? Not only that HoneyBook will also keep like birthdays and anniversaries. So they're automatically added to my email list to say happy birthday, or they're automatically added to my email list because they got headshots or whatever. It's all automated. And I don't have to do as much. And Tave covered some of those spots, but I feel like Tave didn't cover everything. And that's what made me switch from Tave to HoneyBook because I like Tave. At first, it was dope. And HoneyBook has a community where if I need something like a drone operator or DJ or whatever, I can always jump on their community and say, hey, do anybody in the area do X, Y, and Z? Do anybody in the area? You know, yes. No, yes. So it was a lot of things like that that I really liked about HoneyBook that made me go in that direction um, as far as so when somebody, managing it. When somebody uh, accepts your proposal on Proposify, mm-hmm. what is your next step? Are you double entering that into somewhere? Yeah, so I have it set up to reflect. So the packages that I have in HoneyBook are the same packages I have in uh, Proposify. So once they select it, I just, I go, I upload the PDF to keep it on file in HoneyBook, just so if I pull up their file ever, I got it in one place, but then I go and select the packages they select because I had to recreate them in both because in HoneyBook, those packages are often tied to um, different employees. So let's say for instance, um, if they, if we do a video shoot and they want drone, well, I got a second drone operator. He's notified, hey, on the 25th, this is the address we need to be at for this amount of time to cover X, Y, and Z. Take a look at the proposal here so you know what we're doing. You have the address. You can check the airspace. So usually it's, it's checkpoints where he has to even approve the, the he has to approve uh, the, the drone work to make sure that it's in the, the airspace is correct 
uh, and we if we have to get approval from a flight tower, we do that before this date. I don't have to bug him at all. I'm curious what right now I'm having to double enter from Tave into my accounting QuickBooks. Is that what you're doing as well? Nope, you don't have to do that with, with, uh, with, Honey, with HoneyBook. Not at all. Not at all. Nope. Well, one of the issues I've always I've had with Tave is is their customer support. I mean, they, they'll answer emails pretty decently, but suggestions and I bugs that I give them, they just kind of get a blanket. Well, we submitted it to the developers, and then you never hear from them. There's no there's no portal where you can look at your your bug and say, oh, it got fixed, or it's going to get fixed. How is HoneyBook with support like that? There are things I'm still waiting on for Taipei. HoneyBook is excellent. Excellent. I'm still waiting on stuff for uh, I'm still waiting to hear back from Taipei. Uh, and, and you know yeah, what's, what's crazy is they both sent me like, hey, we, you know, we love your channel. We love what you're doing. We would love for you to. And I'm like, I'm, I Taipei is cool, but I'm rocking with HoneyBook. Like, if I got to tell people what I use and what I like, that's it. The last straw today for me with Tave was I would make a proposal or a, a quote, and the payment schedule would be for real estate. I I, I let them pay 15 days after I deliver the product. That's worked for me. I, I wouldn't do weddings like that, but real estate's fine. They're small transactions. So in the quote, I say the payment schedule is 15 days after delivery. But when the client gets the quote, they approve it. And then the very next step is how do you want to pay? Credit card or check? And it won't really let them continue unless they do that. And and it's stupid because I said, I don't want payment right now. Don't ask them for it. Don't, don't make them put a credit card in for it right now. I just want them to approve the quote so we can get the job scheduled. So that kind of thing is, it seems kind of brain dead. If you're going to let me say, don't accept payment until 15 days after the event, don't ask them for payment the minute they approve the quote. Yeah, that you'll love that about HoneyBook because you can set the date it goes out. You don't have to, you can, you can make it where it's a, just a buffer. I want this amount of days between this, when this is clicked to they start receiving an invoice. That's what I love about Tav, what I love about HoneyBook that it was just limited in Tave. And I, I, I ran into issues like that as well because it, it was just, it was, it was a lot, man. It was a lot of little stuff like that that made me say, uh, let me see what else is out here. I spent months configuring like you all the packages and products and workflows and tasks. And so it's a hard, it's going to be a hard switch to swallow all that, but I'm so frustrated right now. So. And I think they know that, right? I think it's an ecosystem they create to keep you there. Like, well, you're not going to go anywhere because you don't want to redo all. But I, I was so frustrated with it that I spent like two days. I put two days on my calendar to just fully develop or d devote to developing my my HoneyBook workflow. And I probably got like 18 steps in my HoneyBook workflow. But I, I took the time to build it out. And there's things I tweak and add and like and don't like, but I felt like the, because at first I didn't fully understand HoneyBook. Like, why do you gotta, because it comes with a pre-made, like depending on what type of photographer, videographer you are, there's a pre-made template. They're like, you can do this. I'm like, oh, that's okay. And once I got the hang of it, I was like, I want to redo it. And I completely put in, I think it's unlimited steps. But little stuff like, when I mark it complete, it automatically sends them, you know, I wait seven days or five days and then I send them uh, a questionnaire. You know what I mean? Things like that. 
um, I wait uh, 30 days. And if they purchase, like, I, so I got this thing where whenever I sell group shots, group shots change, right? They always change. That's what I love about doing group shots. Like when I do headshots for a client and do group shots, people get hired and fired or whatever. So automatically, every 60 to 90 days, I like to send them an email to, to, to offer them a discount on group shots or remind them that we do, you know, and I, when I say it's probably, it's a home run, like it's a layup, like it's a 75% of the time, they're like, yes, it is, it is money in the bank. It is eggs that you can count before they hatch. Like it is a no brainer every time. 70 to 80 percent of the time they're like yeah such and such get far we need to redo that one group and we got two new people they need headshots so it's just i it's it, it it works like it pays for itself just doing that just that pays for itself and i just didn't get that with Tave. and Tave was excellent for if you're like if you're a wedding photographer but that's it like anything outside of that if you're a wedding photographer that run your business the way they think wedding photographers should run their business fine but outside of that it just didn't work for me so i wanted to thank you ty for the all the free content that you put out there uh i know i'm a gold member now and i'm happy to pay for that but man you put a lot of good free stuff out there and you know i'm all over your podcast and i'm mowing the lawns and um you know i got it going on in the bathroom when i'm getting ready in the morning so like I said, my throat hurts right now, but I know it's going to feel better shortly. <laughs> I, I'm, I started it. I, I like, I love photography and I love videography. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go shoot dogs. I'll go shoot a wedding or I'll go shoot a commercial because I like it. But man, it's a lot of work. Like you said, trying to market and uh, you spend a lot of money trying to spread that around versus focusing and uh, so one of the first things I've not first thing, but one of the things I did this year was break up my brand into commercial and then family photography because I had one website and they'd go to it and they'd, they'd see everything and then maybe pretty much not good at anything. And uh, so I, I, I did split that off. So I, I kind of started down that path before I uh, started watching you, but now I'm going to really be focusing that commercial. I'm going to be really de-emphasizing the family. You know, if, if some family friend wants a wedding, yeah, maybe. But um, I'm not going to be booking a year out, you know, in the middle of June when I want to go camping. And um, so I'm going to be honing my commercial site, uh, finding my niches, um, you know, try to maybe get two, three, and go after them. And um, I know I'm going to be successful, and, it's, and I, I have a lot to thank to you. For, for doing what you're doing. Well, um, there's, like you said, there's a ton of people on YouTube that'll tell you how to take pretty pictures, but there's not a lot that tell you how to, how to get your bag, as you'd say. Gotta so. get the bag, man. <laughs> Gotta get the bag. I love it, man. Hey, I want to say oh. thanks. Thanks for your support, man. It's, it's, it's people like yourself that, you know, three years ago, people thought I was crazy for wanting to talk about the business side. Nobody cares about yeah. that. Nobody, but. Oh, yeah. I'm getting that Ford Transit Connect here. Gonna get that baby wrapped. Yeah. Just with commercial business so when i show up it's oh there's that's why i'm paying them so much absolutely <laughs> yeah. that's that's what i'm talking about that's what i look like seriously that that's what keep me going I, I got goosebumps i don't even know if you can see it right now but i i love the fact that that you know people like yourself and other people around the world are are, are benefiting from it it keeps me going and i want to see people win man this this is a is a it's the gold rush right now like 
Um, and I think that, you know, it just so happened that we're in an industry that we love so much. I, like, I'm always shocked that people pay me to do what I do. I'm always shocked at it. But I understand that I'm paid for the business side, not to show up and shoot. Just like Alan Iverson said, you pay to practice, you'll play for free. Um, it's the case with what we do. But but to be successful in it, we got to practice. We got we to gotta understand the business side because they'll take advantage of you. And businesses, it will be the easiest, highest paying dollar you ever receive doing this because it's such simple work. Um, but many can't get there because they 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 rather take pretty pictures than understand the business. And the business is what pays. The business is what pays. Um, and, and coming from weddings, you're going to love it because you're going to have your time and you're going to have your money. You're going to have your freedom. You're going to have your family. It is. It was. I love the position I am in with my business where I still have my life. I still I, I, I play more than I work. Um, and that's important. And, and I play at work. So it's a win win. Like, I don't know the definition of of being rich, but. If you if you play in life more than you work and you play at work, what more can you ask for? Like, so I'm always upbeat. I'm always happy, um, and I'm always excited. My, my, you know, I'm I'm up all day and working all night because I love what I do more than I love to sleep. Almost, you know, I just I just enjoy it. Um, and and coming on here too. Uh, me all over that contract or contracts pack. So I'm just waiting for a sweet code to come up. And I'm, <laughs> I'm there. We always <laughs> pop. We always pop a code up from here to from here to there. We may have to uh, do it. I'm thinking about what I'm gonna start doing is I'm gonna start. Um, gold members are gonna start getting access to just codes that's not available to the public. That, um, so I'm gonna start definitely doing that. Gold members are gonna start getting um, stuff pop up, especially on the on the uh, community. That way, I can take care of my gold members and make sure they're good. So I'm gonna definitely start doing that. Um, because I want to make sure people can continue to grow and continue to, to go in the right direction. And I, you know, I want to say again to, to yourself and, and everybody else that's listening, listen, you guys do a lot for me. I, this is, you can't have these conversations with everybody. Like everybody don't care. Um, these are just as therapeutic for me as they are for you. Cause I get to the, these are ideas and things that, you know, they go around your, your head and you want to talk to somebody about and your family don't understand or care about what you go through to make this a success, like to make this, to make this business work. Um, so, you know, it's, it's great to have a, a bunch of my friends and family, um, that are all over the world to connect with and have these conversations with, cause I look forward to them. So I want to thank you all for being a part of it and I appreciate it. I also like the fact that, uh, you know, if you, if something, glitches or you forget to hit the record button when you're doing a commercial shoot. It's like, yeah, can we do that one again? You're not going to get that with a first kiss or oh, a, no. <laughs> walking down the aisle. Or <laughs> there's no do-overs. There's no do-overs in weddings. I've had grandmas hold up big iPad, super pros. They want to film. and Weddings are, weddings, I tell people all the time, people say, what's worse, being a wedding photographer or a combat photographer? Wedding photographers is way worse than a combat photographer. As a combat photographer, I get to shoot back. I'm okay with that. Like you may, <laughs> it's crazy. It's, 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 it's wedding photography is rough. Uh, I've did it for years. I'm not going back. I, I, you know, I'm not going back. I enjoy it. They're fun. Um, they're emotional roller coaster and they're, they're a whole lot of fun, but they're rough. 
And if you're not good at what you do, it's you miss that kiss. It's a wrap. Yeah, what makes sense to me too is you spend a lot of money getting one wedding client. That's it. Now you got to spend a whole bunch of money to get another one. You get one good, consistent commercial client. They're calling you. Absolutely. Need another shoot. Another shoot. So the same dollar amount you're spending to get a wedding client, if you spend that dollar amount getting a, a, a commercial client or a company, the lifetime value of that client is way more, way more. Because whatever they hire you to do, they're going to need more of it. They never hire you once. Let's hope not. You're doing something wrong, right? Absolutely. 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 And I would even try to think, you know, the good thing about working with companies is think about seasons, right? You get hired for something seasonal, they better go on your calendar to call them. And, and and see what else they got. Hey, you hired me for a Halloween party. You guys got a Thanksgiving party? Of course. You got a Christmas party? Of course. You got a New Year's party? Of course. Like, I, you got a Valentine? Of course. Like, so, because they'll call different people not knowing, not thinking, you know, they'll you just shoot Halloween parties. We'll call you next Halloween. No. Build that relationship and, and talk to that client. I call clients up and say, what do you got for me to do? What do you got? What do you got coming up? And they'll give me a list of things. Even in different, even in different departments. Oh well, I'm not in charge of that. But let me get you the guy that's in charge of. What's their number and email? What's their? Let me call them. And and you know I do it all the time. I do it all the time. And I'll I'll have. And there's been times where, I've had. Thirty shoots with one company. Like we're raising. I give an example. Raising Canes was a company that hired us five and six times a month. We were covering new store openings and we were covering and they had a multimedia department. Let me let me be clear. They had a multimedia department. They still hired us five to six times a month for like three years straight. Kept us busy. And because we were so good, whenever like executives left there or an executives have like private personal events, they'd be like, I know you guys do corporate, but can you cover our personal event? I'm, you know, we're having this, we're having that. We know your rate. It's no problem. Yeah, let's go. I don't mind. I don't mind taking pictures at a mansion, eating uh, Fogo de Chao or, you know, having fun and still covering it, still getting the same rate. Let's go. So, I mean, you, you start to develop relationships with people that that go beyond the business and they're still calling you for the business or they may leave and say, I'm now the executive at IBM over here. And I was over there, you know, it, it networking. It's just, it's a, it's a great place to be. It's a great place to be. Hey, Ty, uh, Kane should cut you a check. Cause I just went there for lunch. So. Oh, for real? <laughs> they owe you like three cents off that. They do. I, I love, I, I love Kane's. I Kane's myself to death. If, if I'll tell you this, cause I used to cover their new store openness. If you're the first person in line, you get like free Kane's, I think for a year. So yeah, you get, yeah, you get free Kane's for a year or, and I noticed that at every new store opening, I'd see the same, like 20 people in line every single time. It'd be the same, like camping out for days and the same 20 people and that same, like, People kept winning it over and over again. So they would go and eat like crazy. I think you get like a combo meal a week or something. Some way they broke it down, but you got a lot. Like it was, it was, it was you crazy. Look out then. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And then I would, because Canes would be so involved with their community, they'd have Chamber of Commerce. They have the mayor, blah, blah, blah. I meet all of those guys. So I meet all of them. Then they hire me to come live stream a debate or something. You know, you just, it goes from there. Cause they're like, well, you're working with Keynes. I'm like, you're the mayor. You, you're like, you're big stuff. I was like, I guess, you know, 
It started with a thumbtack. Now we're here. So, you know, you, you find yourself shooting for local newspapers and, you know, local businesses because a lot of business, they like to do a lot in the community. They like to, um, they have fundraisers and all kind of stuff. You work with like a local high school and a lot of people you meet just being in the right place at the right time and making sure that you're presenting yourself right. My van was up front. Everybody was in uniform. We had hats and business cards and, you know, we, we presented ourselves as the go-to content creators and we were hired because of that. That's why I tell you, when y'all going out in regular shirts and, you know, you got regular jeans and you're pulling, you got the Subaru, you got to change all that up. It's little stuff like that that will help you look like the company you want to be hired as. And it's a small investment to go and do what you have to do to 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 look like the company you want to be hired as. You want a company to cut you a check, a huge check and not think twice? Look like a big company. Look like a big company. Even if it's just, it was just me. It'd be just me. I would hire somebody. I'd get my cousin like, yo, throw this shirt on. Listen, I'm going to show you how to put the C-stand together. That's all you got to do. Put it together, break it down. Put it together, break it down. Move it. Just be my assistant. Get this clipboard, write something on it. Use this iPad, play a game. Just look busy. I promise you, when I started off, and it was just like, man, this guy, these guys are excellent. This team is, you know what I'm saying? And I would just... You know, they would they would move up to like tripod, uh, you know, builder. Like you went from C stands to tripod. Good job. They put the tripod together. And like, you know, then they went to building out the rig and the monitor going top. Right. Like, yeah, HDMI. Yeah. And I would just and it would just grow. But, you know, the goal is to make sure that you are presenting yourself. I mean, you can provide the quality. Let's let's be real. Everybody here can shoot. You can provide the quality. The end result's going to be great. Sometimes it's about the process. It's about showing value in the process. Just like we said, you know, before, if you got all this stuff, you can have it on a little camera. People feel like they're getting more. If you got 10 people with the same uniform on and they building out the, the set, sit here and we're going to light. It, it just feels like, man, this is this is real. This is luxury right here. This is this is luxurious. Go for it, bro. I know you had a question. And I was just going to say, um, I think I said this before, but thanks again for the tip on the, the vintage. Because I had somebody call me. And she was like, yeah, I don't know how many people you ha- you guys have on your team, but it's just me. Yeah. I mean, I, I contract people, of course, but like, I feel like just off that press one for this department, press two for this department, she just assumed I was like a big corporation or something like that. So it just made me kind of kind of chuckle a little bit. You, which I'm telling you, hit them with the, you got me again? Out of everybody here, hit him with that. Out of everybody here, you got me. Wow, that's a sign. It's a sign. We need to we need to get this contract signed today. That's a sign. That means that means I'm supposed to be the project manager on your project because out of this whole call center, you got me again. I must be your guy. So you know what I'm gonna do? Since you got me again, I'm gonna make sure I take care of you guys. I'm gonna make sure I put in I put a little extra on it to make sure your project comes out perfect. Because you could have got anybody, but you got me again. So we're going to get your contracts over to you today so you guys can sign them and we're going to move forward. Listen, I've used that line. It's worked. It's worked. I'm going to tell you it's worked. No, I want to get to a point where my, like my wife is never around when I get calls because she's at work. But I just want her to answer one time and be like, you know, to say my company name yeah. and just put them on hold. And then send it back to I'll, you. I'll make them wait for a little bit and then pick up <laughs> like, like somebody transfer them. So. Get her the Vonage app. And then and then she can get a line on the Vonage app 
and then you can, that way she it'll come up on her app on her phone and she can be like oh okay hey thank you for calling we're gonna play let me please stand by let me get him he's in his office he's he's at the golf course but I can patch you through that's my favorite he's at the golf course but I can <laughs> patch you through work on your impressions work on your impressions this is David let me get let me get Ty on the line for you please stand by. <laughs> You know, Ty's in the golf course, but he can take your call. He, I know he's working on your project. He likes your project. He's he said great things about your project. One of his favorite projects he's working on is your project. Let me get him. He's at the golf course. This is Ty reporting uh, live from uh, the the eighth hole. How may I help you today? Oh, we're going. To, let me take this call, guys. Hold hold on, hold on, President. Hold on. Let me take this call. It's all the time. You got to fake it till you make it, man. People people feel special. They like. Oh, you stop playing golf for me. Your project is, is is top priority, ma'am. We're gonna make sure that we take the best pictures at your at your party and nobody's ever taken in their life. Your project is, you know, what I'm saying like people want to feel special, man. That's value. What if you call? What if you called to your local mechanic and the mechanic was off and he still was like, "We still got to talk about this car." Let me tell you, you really need some antifreeze in your car. I, I had to stop doing what I was doing to make sure that your antifreeze levels. Or where they deserve to be, because you can't be out here without the proper. You know what I'm saying? Like you would be like, "Wow, this dude is." That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna bring everything. How is my, my windshield wiper fluid looking? Well, top that off too, and give me the. You say I need a hose. Give me the hose, and you'd be like, "Let me get all of that. Let me get. Let me get. Let's go synthetic this time. We're gonna do it big. We're gonna go synthetic. We're gonna go the full oil change. You, it's just about making people feel special. And sometimes you can do little stuff like that. You know, just to make people feel special and it adds value. It makes buying from you upgrades a no brainer. It makes it makes working with you a no brainer. And and you gotta make sure you you know, as long as you deliver and you're not doing it and you you're not delivering, as long as you're delivering, then then that's fine. But but go out of your way to make people feel special. I do it all the time. I take great images of whenever you do pictures, right? I'm gonna tell you another little secret, little tip. If you're if you're taking pictures at an event, find out who who are the top people at that event. Who are the CEOs? Who are the money makers? Who are the people that make those decisions? I want to know who is who, right? Who is this people at this special table up front? I'm going to get a beast of a shot of all of them because you know what they're going to say? Who took this picture? Make sure they're at every event. I'm always looking at the decision makers in the company. I'm always looking at those who are in key, key figures, key points, key positions, I always want to get great images. I'm shooting at F1.2, making sure it's a beautiful, shallow depth of field shot so I can deliver it. I used to do that with weddings. I want to make sure I get really good shots of the parents because a lot of times they're paying for it. And if they have other siblings or kids that got to get married, they're going to be like, let's hire this guy again. So I'm, I'm, I'm always looking at who's, whose name is on my check because they're going to get the best pictures. Go for it, Ronnie. Your mic's off. Actually, uh, Jason, did you have a question first? I think you did. I think your hand up was before me. Uh, yeah, I just had a question about because uh, you were talking about Honey Books earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my understanding, like the reason why people like Honey Books is because for tax purposes, you could tie that into your business account and then start changing all those transactions to whatever, wherever you want to, you know, whatever category you want to, you know, change those transactions to. Does Honey Book? Uh, do the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you, you can, you can look at, you can set up products and look at what sells. And let's say, for instance, if I do, um, let's say for instance, if I do headshots and they click on 
hair and makeup and, you know, automatically I know hair and makeup is a deduction for me. Like a certain portion of it, the, co- the, the, the labor cost is a deduction and it's reported that way. And I can have it automatically set up that way. I don't got to go in and redo it and be like, yeah, they paid $1,000 for hair and makeup, but it cost me $500. It, it will automatically appear as a $500 profit and a $500 loss so so that my accountant can look at it and know exactly what's what instead of doing it manually. Instead of going back saying, well, we got $5,000 from this client. Now I got to tell them what went where. Instead of it automatically appearing the way it should appear so that my accountant can don't have to bug me. The less I got to talk to him, the better. The more accurate we can be without being on the phone with him. Cool. I, I you know, that's what you want. Um, I want to make sure that that, that did I answer the question. It was that. What... Yeah, that, that's the question I had. I just wanted to make sure that you could tie it to your business account. And then, you know what I mean? You can still work the tax in the tax. The taxes on the back end with honey. Absolutely. Cause, cause you, and this is something that some people may not have experienced yet. Listen, when you, when you get a job, let's say you get a job and the job is $10,000, right? And you're paying out labor on it. Cause you got three people on it. You got hair and makeup, you got whatever you got. And you're taking, the business is taking home. Let's say hypothetically $5,000 after you paid everybody. You want to make sure that you're not paying complete tax on that 10,000. You want to pay tax on that 5,000. But if you don't do it right, you're going to be taxed on that 10,000. Well, you're eating a whole lot more tax than you should eat because you didn't, the profits were not the whole amount. You, it, you took some loss. So you want to make sure that if you're u- using some software that it can say, yes, this is what we took home and not this. And it can relay that information to your bookkeeper that can enter it correctly and they don't have to bug you and be like, well, we see a, a you know, a bill for this amount and a deposit for that amount and a blah, blah, blah for that. Because you may have to, you may have to take the whole 10,000 into your bank account and then pay out. You may not take it from it and only five get deposited. You may have to say, okay, you know, I got employees that get paid weekly. Yeah. We may have did three jobs for 10,000 each, but guess what? I got to pay out $15,000 on Friday. And you need you need that information to be notated correctly so that your bookkeeper can get it and do what they need to do with it without you having to explain, Okay, we did this. We did that. We did this. So it helps and it it alleviates time you have because I've I've worked with software where I still had to schedule a weekly call with my bookkeeper. I don't want to do that anymore. So now everything's automated, even from my account aspect, because I use bench. Um, And if you go to Ty's list. Uh, on Flash from Academy, you'll see a link to Bench. And I use them because they're now preparing taxes. So now I don't even got to go to a different person for taxes. They can do everything. So my bookkeeper is now also doing my taxes. So if it's an issue, you can talk to yourself. You're going to talk to me. I'm I'm not going to jail. You can, you can pick somebody in your office to go to jail. I'm not going to jail. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not going to jail. There was a question that popped up real quick that says he missed a uh, Vonage recommendation. Anyone has more info? So the Vonage recommendation was made in the master course, which talks about your phone lines, how to set up your phone lines 
so that it shows value. It's really cheap. It's like what thirty dollars a month, twenty dollars a month. If you if you cry and say I'm leaving, you probably get it for fourteen. But it allows you to not have to carry a second cell phone. It'll make it so that when people call into your business, they're presented with a prompt. And the master course will tell you where to go to get the prompt recorded and how you can do it professionally. And I got a British lady because I watch a lot of James Bond movies, and them people look very in, sound very intelligent. That's just me, my bias maybe. Some about a British accent that. Feels very uh, luxurious, maybe. I don't know. I just, you know, man, I don't know. But um, you can have them press a button to get to a prompt, which can be one to start a new project or two. Like for me, I got one to start a new project. Two, if you're calling back about your project to speak to your project manager. And then three, uh, we run out photo booths. So you can speak to somebody on photo booths. They all come to me. Let me just be real with you. They all come to me. But it just adds value to the brand. And it's less than what you would spend for a cell phone. And it rings all my phones at once. So it's just a lot of benefits to it compared to just a cell phone that's going to ring and be a ghetto voicemail and yada, yada, yada. Um, it's, and, it, and it makes you feel like a business. When somebody call in there and when you call my company, it's like, thank you for calling Flash Film Academy, the, the number one trusted video production company in Texas. We blah, 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 blah. And we provide great whatever. Press one for that little bit makes them feel like, oh, these these guys are for real. This ain't somebody like, hello, hold up. Sit your butt down. I told you to eat them chicken nuggets. Yeah, uh, what you, uh, didn't I say you sit down? Give them the tablet. Go put put SpongeBob on. Yeah, uh, how many, how, you don't want that when somebody call your company. They're going to be like, okay, uh, I'm going to call you back. Didn't I say sit down? You don't want all that. You want to know when this phone ring, it's the money phone. So you can do all your swinging and cussing and backseat spanking before you answer the phone, you don't want to. You don't want to do that. So, and then you don't want a second phone. I don't know. If, you know, you may be in a relationship. Your girlfriend, like, what's up? Why you got a second phone? Who call? You don't go through all that. I'm trying to say you troll. You don't want to get beat up when that phone ring and you telling her to be quiet. Well, I gotta be quiet. Who I gotta be quiet for? Listen, this is a, this is a client coming in. Since when I gotta be quiet? Like, yo, you know what I'm saying? So, I'm, I'm helping you out. I'm helping you out. But those are things that's in the master course. People are like, what's in the, that's, those are things that go into detail about what you should pay, where you should get it, how you should set it up, where you should, all that stuff. Those are things that's covered. Um, let's see. There's a lot of questions popped up. That's right. That's right, Media Smith. Sit down before I, yep. You got to take this call. I call it the money phone, right? Because when that phone rings, everything stops. Because the only time that phone rings is when it's a client. Period. There's no other if ands or buts when that phone ring it's, it's, it's money time I, just like I call my work truck my Brinks truck whenever I'm in it I'm getting the bag there's no reason for me to be in my work truck unless I'm on my way to go get the bag so it's the Brinks truck I get all everything get nick, nicknamed I got a Tahoe I call it the snow patrol even though it's never seen snow but once it's called the snow patrol I don't know it's white I just I thought the name was dope you ever see uh what's that movie where the whole it was a gang they call themselves the snow patrol but they wore all white. What movie was that? Superfly or something? Whatever, it stuck. Don't don't judge me. I'm sure y'all got names for y'all cars, Betsy or whatever y'all want to call them. <laughs> that's your that's your name of your car, Rodney? Betsy? Uh Betty. Betty, because we called her after Betty White. Wow. She, she just won't she won't leave. She, she won't sounds leave. like a Buick or a Roadmaster or like something. That's a Chevy Equinox. She's a Chevy Equinox. Okay. Uh okay. Let, post the name of your car in the comments. I'm just curious. Post the name of your car and then the type of car it is in the comments. No judgment. Um, I want to see who got the craziest name for their car. 
That's yeah, why is that crazy? Betty, 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 okay, yeah, it ain't that bad. It's not crazy. It's because it's adorable. Okay, it's Betty White. It's adorable. It will stay it, no matter what you do. It, she's tried and true. She's and just She's just cute. And she's cute. Okay, right, that makes sense. I, it, right, there you go. Uh, but the number one term, the number one thing that you'll know in all of creative, uh, what do they say? In, in the world of creativity, if you have to explain it, it's not really, you know, if you got to explain it, you need a little more. What color is it? Let me Can ask you. Can you continue with your life, please? please <laughs> you take is it, is it, what color is it? Is it white? Can you please? Is it, is it white? I just want to know the color. No. No. Oh, that's it. would have been blue. She's a uh, metallic blue. It yeah. would have been dope if it was like white with like a trim or something. That would have been dope. That would have been on par. Um, I got some names coming in. Mr. BB, Caroline is an escape. Okay. Uh, Blue Jelly, it's a Kia Rio. Okay, we got Satan, the Hummer M3. It got to be red, though. Cam, it got to be red. It got to be red with like some big tires and like a crazy grill. It got to scare me when I see it in the rearview mirror a little bit. Like, you know what I'm saying? I see, okay, I see some good names coming up. We always had a Betsy for a Buick or something. But anyway, keep posting those names. Betty White is awesome. There you go. There's some love. Keep posting them car names. I just like to see it. It's dope. Uh, (laughs) Some good names coming up here. Okay, that's that's a different one. That's a different one. Some good names. Okay. But um, so we talk about the phone lines as a way of showing value. Little things. Uh, Remember, you want to show value, right? Little things help you show value. It's layers to it. It's all about layers. Right. You're going to start down here and you're going to continue to build up the layers and every client you get going to be five, ten thousand dollars. It just works that way, um, especially once you start being specializing in a niche. Hellcat money mint is my color. OK, wait, is Hellcat the car? Money mint the name. I got to know you call it Hellcat. Is it? I just curious to know. Good looking out, Brandy. Appreciate you as always. Um, so there are a lot of things you can do to show value. Um, phone lines, one, you know, uniforms, work vehicle. You can listen, you can find a Ford Transit Connect for 4,000, 5,000. You can start with other vehicles. Uh, there are other vehicles that are cargo vehicles that you can get. I try to stay away from the big vans cause they're scary. Maybe if you wrap it, it's just something about a big old 1988 GMC or Ford. E 150. That's just, I don't know, man. It's just not a good look. I watch too many crime dramas maybe. And you know, photographers with big vans are scary, man. Like it's a, it's a 43% chance. You're probably a serial killer. If you're a photographer and you got a big van with nothing in it, it's just stuff just rolling around the back. You just got a blanket and like a, a crate full of, (laughs) it's just bad. It's just not a good look. You know what I'm saying? Like statistically, it's not a good look. Every movie I see, like every movie or like documentary I see, the guy is like, especially from like the 70s, the guy is like a photographer walking around the mall. Like, I can make you a model. Just come get in my van. It's just, I don't know. I watch too much uh, crime dramas. And I'm I'm just trying to make sure you don't resemble that at all. I don't want nobody saying, I'm a gold member, but I got a van with a, nobody. I'm I'm going to deactivate your account. And when they're, you know what I'm saying, when they're not going to come and, you know, I just want to make sure you're good. We got a sound bite for that. It goes like this. FBI, open up! I don't want no parts of that. So 
I just want to kind of steer you towards the Ford Transit Connects. Nissan has a cargo van. There's a bunch of small, nice cargo vans that work. Even if you go with a, what is it, SSR or HHR, I think that's what it is. There, there you can get those in cargo. They're pretty decent. And, you know, you're not hauling nothing crazy. Save save money on gas and, and be good. Um, Chris said rebrand or start from scratch. Depending on what your niche is, you may be, you know, your niche may be um, something crazy. You, your name may be, you know, triple punk media and you may decide you want to work with doctors and that may not work. You may have to rebrand and start from scratch. So it's OK. Depending on how. Listen, I'm going to tell you now. And anybody here who took the course can tell you, you're probably going to be mad because there's a lot of stuff you've did that you're probably going to redo or change. And you're just going to be mad at me. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. But one thing I've learned in life is, and I want to share this with you guys. There are going to be times in life where you're going to spend money to see if it works and it may not work. And you may have to spend money on it again. You may have to redo it. And that's okay. You got to learn. You got to, my job is to help you spend as let the least amount possible to figure some out. Um, because there's a lot of times that I have completely went all out and spent all kind of money on stuff just to ball it up and be like, you know what? This ain't it chief. Let me, let's do something different. I don't like this from logos to, to color schemes, to websites. I just spent money on, we're, we're looking to rebrand flash film Academy and redo it and get a better front. Just spent a ton of money getting a, getting a custom WordPress site built. I'm just going to be real with y'all. And it was beautiful, but the things that took me away from WordPress in the beginning started creeping back in as to why I don't want to continue to use it. And it has to do with making sure all of your plugins are compatible and up to date, making sure the you know, the software itself is up to date. If not, you're going to have people walking right in the back door, you know, changing your website on some open source content that they have access to. And they can look at it from every angle and find a way to 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 compromise what you've worked for. So those are things that, you know, cost money, a couple hundred dollars. I, I want to say a couple thousand dollars. Let's be real for you to say, nope, I'm not going to go this route. So you're going to have, you know, you're going to fail forward and it's OK. It's not bad. You have to realize that that's just a part of business. It's just a part of life. I'm sure you got a lens or two that you couldn't live without. And that mug is collecting major dust because you're like, why did I buy this? weird lens that I thought I was going to be taking underwater, uh, you know, ballerina portraits with, and I don't even use it. Everybody got that one lens. It's just like, I got it, but I don't really use it. You don't want to sell it because you don't want to be wrong to your wife or your, whoever you told you had to have it. You got some gear like that. I'm sure you got something that's collected major dust. I got a 14 foot uh, crane a jib that's in my garage that I'm, I don't, I'll be using that bad boy to get shots of grass. I'm going to use it for something. I'm going to put it together and we're going to use it for something, but I'm not selling it because I, I kicked and screamed to get it. So we're going, we're going to put it to work. Um, let's see. Let me answer a few more questions and then we're going to go to the after party. We got some good names for, uh, some cars here. Um, you know, we got some good names for cars here. I just want to say that there's some, some some crazy ones, but it's some good ones. Um, but when you get when you get your when you get your company vehicle, I definitely want to see the name of your company vehicle. Like I said, mine is the Brinks truck. I you know I I I when I ride in it, I feel real uppity like the cats. You ever look at the cats? You ever make eye contact with the guys in like the money trucks? 
you don't want to do it for too long because they get suspicious. But you just want to look at them and they're like, that's how I am when I'm in my truck. Like, what are you looking at? So you, you kind of get like that. Um, let's see. All right. So what we're going to do. I'm going to ask that if you learned anything in this video that you posted in the comments, gold members stand by. Let me go to the full screen because we're going to go to the after party in a second. So gold members stand by. Alex, did you have a question? Like you had a question you wanted to ask on the air. Nah. Um, I mean, I kind of, I, I don't have like a major win, but I, I'm just seeing a trend. Let's see it. Let's lately. hear about it. Um, with the, with the, you know, the, dang it. Mine's going blank. I'm tired. <laughs> uh, with with the structure-based pricing, and I'm using Proposify now, which I hate proposals, by the way. So, so I don't thank you for making me do this, but I'm I'm trying to abide <laughs> what, by the rules okay, of the what master were you doing, course. What were you doing before? Like treatments or like just spitting on prices or what? I was just pitching them prices. Oh, no, you got to put it in paper. You got to put it on I, paper. I, I hate that, though. Like, but but the good it, thing about it, Proposify it. is you got a template, and you can just plop, 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 plop here. Well, yeah, now, but now I got to make the templates. Like, okay, but you got to like make once it. the template is made, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. easy. Like I, but right now I'm in the template building phase, and it yeah, like it sucks. Ugh. But once you make but, it, once you make it, but, you got it. Yeah, okay. but people people are responding positively to it. That's that's the thing. Um, and you know, started using the structure based pl- pricing with a couple of my recurring clients. Now their average ticket price is, is significantly higher. Um, Hold on, pause. Let me let me address that. Not complaining about it. Do you feel it's now you know how much money you were leaving on the table? Because they probably would have been jumped up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's it's like you said, like you've been saying, like you've been punching us in the throat. It just makes it m- mad easier to um, you know price out a project. And, and I mean, I'm I'm good with the numbers as they are right now. I'm thinking I'm landing too many deals right now, so it might be so they might need some upward adjustment as yep. is. Yep. Um, but you know, I, it's an experiment phase. We we're going through it. We're going through it. I like that. I like that. That's a good, that's a good problem to have. That's a really good problem to have because I tell you one: if you're getting way too much work, your prices aren't high enough. I'm not saying overpriced and outpriced. And if you're like, I'm good. I got six jobs a week, $2,000 a job. I'm over a hundred thousand a year. I'm, I can stay at this pace. Cool. But if you're getting like, if they're checking all the boxes, this is just too cheap. <laughs> like you, you could be too oh, cheap. Oh no, it's not, it's not that cheap. Like I, like I can't even imagine what six jobs a week with it. Cause I just do video. I don't do photography. Mm-hmm. Like maybe if I did photography, I could see six jobs a week, but but yeah, no, that, 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 oof, God, but please no. But it's great to know that switching over to structure-based pricing and providing proposals has increased, you know, has increased things. If you say percentage-wise, what would you say that percentage is? Um, well, I'm, I'm really only on my third proposal right now, but like the first two, they were like, like even, even with the second one, the guy was like, yeah, this was more money than I expected, but it's all right. I like that. That's value. That's that's the yeah. world of value. And I tell people, it, it goes back to the argument I always make of, well, if he would have told you a budget, if you would have asked him for a budget and he was cool with it and he told you, it would have been, he's telling you, it would have been below what he's currently spending. But because right. you've made it make sense for him, he was willing to spend more. 
That's why I say people like, why ask a budget when you can provide value and let people let people pick and choose? Because in most cases, they'll spend more than they came to spend anyway. If you make right. it make sense. We do it every day at McDonald's. We do it every day at every place we go. We, you know, we want to spend a dollar for a cheeseburger. That's how they get us in there. Dollar menu. And you go buy six things on a dollar menu. Because I said it's only a dollar. I got seven of them. You went there to spend a dollar. though, But you bought, you know, eight different things for a dollar. And they know you're going to do it. So they use the dollar to bring you in the door. And then you just, you're buying more. You're adding, do you want to add an apple pie? Yeah. You want to supersize it? Yeah. That's just, it works perfectly. Yeah. And in the other, in the other like personal win, um, I mean, it's related to the business, but it's more of a, a internal growth thing. Um, a, a couple, a couple weeks ago in one of the lives, I think you, you talked about how you structure your bank accounts for the company and talk about how many bank accounts you need and for what. And so like before, even before that live, I had started reading profit first. And so I've started, you know, trying to implement that in the business. And I, I just be upfront with everybody. I'm bad with money, super bad with money, like aren't, impulse buyer. Aren't we all? Can't hold on to it. Um, Throwing money in the club. Like trying to implement the profit first system, having the multiple bank accounts, portioning the money out, like, for the first time in what feels like forever, like I'm holding on to money. I like that. Cause I, I could have swore I saw you in the club with the money guns. <laughs> <laughs> and you were just at the money guns. And I'm like, what is this guy? Let me catch a few. So <laughs> don't be that guy. But yeah, that's, that's brilliant. Now you're, now you're, you're creating wealth. You're creating wealth for yourself. That's how you, now you got to sneak some to the savings account, set it and forget it. And, you know, you get that, you get comfortable because you have that cushion. And one, the first thing that happens is you have the ability to say, no, we ain't shooting that. Or you feel comfortable when you say, you know, this is the price. When you, when you're not hungry, it's easy to stand on your, stand on your morals and say, this is what we're going to do when you're not hungry. When you're hungry, you're sitting there like, we, we, we'll do, we'll, we'll, we'll do it for that. We'll, we, we going yeah, we can, you, we can throw that in if you're going, you know, you want to make sure that, and, and, and listen, I'm, I'm. I'm not from the best of places, right? I'm not, I don't understand or I haven't lived a life of being comfortable, right? And I'm not mean filthy rich and I'm just saying I can see beyond the first of the month. When you get there, you love how it feels. So, and a lot of it has to do with just managing money. I posted something uh, this week that, that said that we need to start teaching people that money management is more important than getting money. Money yeah. management is more, let me say it again. Money management is more important than getting money, right? If you don't come from a lot, you haven't been taught the skill of money management. You've been taught to survive. So understanding how to manage money, because it's going to come, once you get it, it's very important. Or you will lose it as fast as you get it. I will, I will attest to that because a few months ago, I landed a $30,000 deal. That money gone. Gone. At the club with the, with the money guns. I seen you. He was bringing out the bottles with the sparklers on. And like I started reading profit first towards the end of that deal. And I started kicking myself. Like if I had been reading this two weeks before that money started coming in. (laughs) Um, In the master course, we go, we talk, we talk about banking. That's a big area because we talk about that in life and how you need to make sure that foundation and stuff is together. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely go ahead, bro. You got a question. 
If any yeah, other I gotta stop raising my hand. I know. Yeah, just go for it. It's your world. I'm I'm just I'm having fun. But um in the classroom soon enough. I know, right? But um so Alex kind of brought up a good point about like like noticing that he's getting like a lot of clients, so his price might be lower. And I feel like I'm kind of in that same phase and I want to raise my prices, but I, I don't want to just... Just do it. <laughs> when is a good time to... Like, should you do it like once now. a year or for every July? Or can now. you like, be like, I'm raising my prices in July okay. <laughs> okay. Let raise me tell my you. prices again in like Let August me tell you when the perfect like time is. The perfect time is right before you hit that send button on the proposal. If you go in there and edit it, then you hit the button. Boom. Look, no, well, okay, let me, well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll tell you this. I have another mentor because I consider Ty a mentor um, who has always been telling me, like, raise your prices when you want. Like, it's your business. Can't nobody tell you that you're like you. The, the only thing that can tell you your prices are too high is the market. Like, if nobody ever buys, then your price is too high. And so he and and he's and he's a big proponent of experimenting with your pricing structure. He's like, because because I tried I tried pricing myself earlier this year the way that he does. And I messed it up like I wasn't like I was I was billing people improperly. I didn't feel like the rate was high enough because he bills strictly hourly. Um, He just like pre-sells the time and blocks. Um, And so I tried that out and it was easy for people to like understand initially, but then like having to track the hours and, and like having to justify why post-production took this amount of time. And it's, it was just a, a mess. And, and I'm like, okay, this don't work for me. Like, I don't feel good. I like this, trying to build this way don't make me feel good it it frustrates me and and so like now i'm trying structure-based pricing and i've tried value-based pricing and like so you you got to figure and and like i have friends i have other videographers who do businesses that are strictly value-based pricing and they're killing it um and and so like for the same deal maybe they might make you know, two, three times what I, or they charge two, three times or what I would charge. But I mean, that's, that's them. They figure that out. They've been able to sell and communicate that value. If, you know, if I, I, if I ever get to the point where I'm good enough to sell and communicate that value and, and start jumping off the value cliff every time I do a deal, like we might go back to that, but that's not currently where we are, but you got to figure out what you're comfortable with, what makes sense to you and try it. And also, you can raise your structure-based pricing to that to, to account. So the thing is this, you know, you don't want to be, if you're dealing with one client and you're like, okay, well, I don't want to keep changing my price with this client. I'm going to keep changing my price with this client. You're not, you know, how often are you dealing with the same client? If you're dealing with the same client, they let them, they may be locked in at that rate and they may see a gradual change. But if I'm going to a whole new client and I was charging $100 for headshots, they may get a proposal that says $350 for headshots. So, well, my, so th- that's my question. So, cause, okay. So, so two things. So one of the clients I'm dealing with, I'm in a, they have, I'm locked in for a year to like to do video content for them. Okay. Pause. Do you have a and subscription contract with them? It, it, so that's what I wanted, but it's a college. So they don't do it that way. They just, every time I do a video project, I just have to submit an invoice and you build with my at price that and everything. Okay, so, why, why is it locked in for a year though? It's not locked in, but it's just it. 
Uh, I'm you, using the wording wrong. Did it's, you say that to sell it? Did you tell them I'll do it for this price for a year? I'm, I'm hungry. Give me the food. No, so they they do it for like from July to July. There's a set amount within that whole year that I can make, and anytime they need me, they they'll just call us and then we'll knock out those projects and I'll send the invoice for each project. If that makes sense. They straight up got you on a retainer. Absolutely, without retaining you. Well, a retainer is automatic, though, right? That's not. That's pretty much a subscription, isn't it, Ty? Yep. Retainers ain't automatic. So, so let me tell you what they did. They said, "This is our budget. We're willing to pay this per video. Whenever we need one, we'll call you. Are you cool with that?" Now, this works if it's price right. Now, so what you need to do next time? Provide them with the structure based pricing. Let them pick what they want, so they know what the price is. And then say, now divide your budget up by that. And you tell me how many videos you want this year. Instead okay. of saying, this and is what we want to pay for video. With, so with raising the price, so like for one client, if I, just for example, just for easy numbers, if I'm doing like $100 for headshots, and then for company B, I'll say $200 for headshots. And then just say there's company C, I do 300 for headshots. Just to keep changing and honey book so like that. Let me explain. Me. Let me explain how it should happen, right? Okay. I got a price now that's not enough. From everybody forward, we're gonna go to two hundred dollars a headshot. If I'm still not getting enough, from everybody forward, we're gonna go to two fifty a headshot. So it wouldn't so be that Okay, go ahead. It go wouldn't ahead. be so if that client comes back, this is the this is the current rate for headshots. And now if you wanna say we did it for 100 last time. Listen, meet me halfway. I got you. That's at your discretion. But for everybody else, this is the price. When the price of cereal go through the roof, it go through the roof for everybody. It ain't just you got two kids, you get it, you get through. Nope. The price of a, a, a box of Frosted Flakes is now $7 for everybody. Now, it shouldn't fluctuate based on who you are. It needs to change for everybody. That was our price. This is our price for everybody. And not a, oh, you big company, you get this one, you small company. Nope. I don't deal with you if you can't pay this amount. I'm not getting, for me to get out, every time I get out of my bed and put on a flash film media shirt, I'm going to make a certain dollar amount. Period. I don't care who you are sitting across from me. That's your problem, not my problem. When you go to Apple and you buy that computer, they don't care if it's a, if you spend $10,000 on a computer, they don't care if it's a Facebook machine or you working at Pixar. Not their problem. They don't care if you, when you buy a red camera, they don't care if you're doing it for YouTube, home movies, adult films, or you shooting the next Marvel. They don't care. That's on you, fam. How you get your money out this camera is, is on you. The same happens when I'm with my client. When I change my price, I change my price for everybody. Moving forward. Now, that price may not work. That price may be too much. I may go from 10 clients to two clients. I may have to adjust it. It may drop. We may call a client who said no to 300 and say, hey, we just adjusted our prices. We know people are going through it. We went down to 250. It's happening. But the goal is to find the sweet spot. It's to find the point. And that sweet spot got to be, it can't be, it got to be in a place where you feel comfortable. I want to be happy getting out of my bed. I'd rather be happy getting out of my bed to go work for three clients than to be miserable working for 10. That's just, that's just how I look at it. Like, I, I you know. I want to make a certain amount of money. I got goals and things I'm trying to do per year. I can't do it unhappy and my quality sucks and I'm not giving you the best. I need to be happy. 
So it didn't. It don't need to fluctuate. I don't like to offer different companies different prices. Some people do that. I don't. I have a set price, and if you can afford it, you can afford it. We all we have premium add-ons that may triple and double your price. But if you can afford the premium add-on, then yes. We may offer a package where we can shoot it in a more cinematic style. We may we may add color and detail to lighting. We may do other things. Sliders and all of that stuff can be a premium price tag. Mom and pop probably can't afford that, but college can. We still got the same base. I'm still going to be happy to get out of my bed to come and start up the Brinks truck. I'm still going to whistle the whole drive there. Jam out. I'm going to have my Red Bull. I'm going to be looking at that non-refundable retainer that's hitting my account, and I'm going to be jamming the whole way to the thing. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it, pricing, you, you're going to have to find out what works. And, and the reason I teach it this way and the reason I, I try to make sure that you all look at it this way, because depending on your niche, your location, all of that matters. And th- those are things that I can't say you should be charging. I, I don't want to tell you that. Some people like to do price lists and tell I don't if you're in New York, if you're in Idaho, your prices are completely different. I want to tell you how to think about it so that you can make the right decision. Because it may take some trial and error. Don't ever think you're going to do anything in this business once and get it right. You're probably going to do it eight or nine times before you get it right. When you first got your camera, that first picture was probably trash. You probably had the the, the lens cover on, wasn't even paying attention. You know what I'm saying? Like, you probably was, it's people that got cameras right now that learning about a setting that they didn't even know they can change. And I've been shooting with this one. You know, I'm going to tell you an example. I'm just going to be whatever I'm, I make mistakes too I had bought a C100 I was like man this mug is trash in low light I had this ND filter on that mug for like two months filming everything with the ND filter on stupid I'm shooting I asked mug this is supposed to be good in low light why am I ISO 6400 for the, this is stupid like this the ND knob right here cut the ND on zero it was on one it got to be on zero for no ND oh I thought one was some cameras one is no ND some camera zero is no ND. It happens to the best of us. You know, I'm, I'm a, it happens to me too. But you're going to have to find where that sweet spot is. And it's okay, you know. Next time you go back to college, they, they're, hey, they're, uh, they're um, what is it called? They're, what they cost to go to college changes every year. Why shouldn't tuition. your prices? Their tuition changes every year, sometimes every semester. Why shouldn't yours change? Every semester it goes up. This course was four hundred dollars left. Well, it's five twenty-five now. This book was just well, you know, you may wanna what do they do? You may want to go online, you may want to get a used one. Your prices should go up too. I would not be locked into a year. Six months? The only time I'm getting locked in is when you're paying. I explain that terribly too. Well, I mean, it could be just a gentleman's agreement. Like they know what the cost is and they I've had companies like that. Like it's not locked in, but they know what the cost is and they're just like, yo, just when you send that invoice, shoot it. When you send that invoice next time, it's going to be a little bit more. Air prices went up. Either they're going to continue to do business with you, they're going to be like, no, nah, I've done it. I'm, or you can tell them in advance, hey, prices went up a little bit. You know, they, they, they'll understand. See, we as consumers don't understand when prices change. We complain about it. Man, I used to pay I used to pay 50 cents for a Snickers, nah, 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 25 cents bag of chips, and now they're $3 you get. We complain about it. Businesses don't. It's just business. They get it. It's just how businesses operate. So you got to get out of the consumer mindset set and go into the business mindset where 
inflation is a part of life. Cost of living go up. You know, I got to keep my profit margins in the same spot year over year. In fact, companies, if you look at a company and what they report, if they report the same number, it's a failure. They need to report growth quarter over quarter. If they say we made 10 billion this month and we made 10 billion next month, they're like, what are you doing? You're fired, CEO. Get out of here. You're a bum. I'm like, wait, what? We need to see growth quarter over quarter, unless it's some significant, crazy drop where it's like, okay, COVID, hotels, you know, we're lucky to stay at this level. We only made, we only increased by 2 billion. We should have increased. We projected to increase by 10 billion. But this, you know, pandemic is only increased by 2 billion. That's, that's a problem. So, you know what I'm saying? It's just, you got to look at it like that. And, and, you know, it's just business. It's just business. The more you learn about business, the more you, you know, here and just around people, you'll get it. Like, okay, cool. We got to make these changes. My prices go up probably every three months. And they may go down. We may hit a pandemic and I may say, whoa, I may have to lower some things to encourage people to buy. Right. To encourage people to do this, that or the other in times where they're holding on the money like, oh, I don't want, we don't know what's going to happen. So, you know, we don't know who's going to do what we're going to hold on to everything because we may have to live off what we have in our hand for a long time. We don't we don't know. It's not an end has not been projected for this. So we may have to hold on to it. So to encourage them to make it more valuable for them to let go of that money, I may have to take a dip in price. You know what I'm saying? But at a time where, and that's what I love about, that's why I say you can't, you can recover from being the expensive guy. You can't recover from being the cheap guy. A cheap guy can't say, well, economy's great. A thousand dollars. I've been paying $200 for this for the past three years, bro. (laughs) You ain't getting a thousand from me, chief. Get out of here. Like, you know, but a guy that's a thousand dollars can be like, it's tough. Give me 250. And you're like, let me jump on this. Well, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's all Black Friday is. Holidays are coming up. This TV was normally a thousand. I'm going to let you get it for 700. Well, I do got to buy stuff for the holiday, but I'm going to go spend this money on Black Friday and it just snowballed into something great. So, you you know, the you it's okay to, to have prices that 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 increase over time. It's just business. The cheeseburger ain't the same price this year as it was last year. They've just made such small subtle increases that it wasn't like staggering. Like it wasn't like, "Whoa." Some things you walk into like, "When when did it start man? You know, and I'm gonna give you an example, another great example. If you look at if you look at uh McDonald's, right, you may see different prices from franchise to franchise because of their location. Because of where they're located. Well, that's weird. I got the same combo mill over there in the hood, and it was a dollar cheaper. Well, they rent cheaper. You know, economically they're not where the people are in this area, so we charge a dollar more. Like, man, that's gas prices are like that. Right. Your gas prices sometimes are which side of the street. Get more traffic. Gas prices may be higher. How far are you from oil here in Texas? Gas a little cheaper than when it was up in Michigan or what it may be just the next state over because we got we got oil here. So it doesn't have to travel as far. When other companies or other other um, states are going through situations where their gas is fluctuating, we got oil up the street. It's a little bit cheaper here. So prices may change depending on a lot of different factors. Um, they may fluctuate. They may go up and down. It may be temporary. It may be permanent. Don't don't feel sad or bad if your prices need to do that. 
I'm not saying be different for everybody. And this is why you need a great CRM like HoneyBook or Tave so that when you make these changes, you can notate it. So when they call you, you're not like, uh, what we give you last time? You can go look at it and pull up their account. What's your phone number? Okay, I see what we charge you. Well, guess what? We got a special going on. It's your lucky day or whatever. You know what I mean? So you have that information so you're not all over the place. And you can quickly pull it up because you don't want to have to, what's your name? Who called in? What was they? Let me see what we charge. You want to be able to go to HoneyBook and punch in a phone number or punch in a name and pull up what they had and you got to propose when I know what I charged you guys. And it's right there. And you're not going through notes. I started with like notepads and like, man, I think I charged y'all and I got to do the math because I wasn't, all I see is the whole price of, they got six videos. I charge y'all 10000 And they're like, we just want to get one video and we want to get edited like you did last time, but we want to get a Snapchat version. And I'm like, oh man, I got to divide this, carry the two. Let me divide this by six videos. And I think you don't want to go through that. You want to be able to knock it out and be like, boom, boom, put this together. This is what it is. So, you know, you want to make it easier for yourself, especially when you're in business, because those are things that we talk about building value. Those are things that can help you lose value by not having that stuff together and not being able to talk to a client and have a conversation while you're pulling it up. Let me see. Okay. Yeah. We got you right here. You know, when you call T-Mobile or whoever your cell phone provider is, they have all of that information. That's why they're asking you, can you verify your account? I'm doing all of that stuff. Can you verify your account? What's the name? So you're working with, you know, you know, we did uh, some stuff for uh, University of Louisville, Kentucky, and then we'll get different departments call us about stuff. Can you verify it? I know who they are because I got caller ID and I'm looking up what we charged and while I'm at. Can you verify the who is the name and the email? I'm looking up. I'm looking through their proposals to see what we did for them. And I'm using that time to really learn about who they are, what we charged them, what they pay. You know, they bought stuff from us three years ago. Our prices are different. So, I, you know. I like to have that information, but, you know, prices will change in the beginning. You're going to have to learn what your sweet spot is. Once you determine what that sweet spot is and what's what's a good rate, you stick to it and move forward. And then you make small changes for, you you know, for inflation cost of living. So last question, because I want to take up the no, whole you, time. You good, bro. Well, not last question, but last yeah, question. I know you always say last question. You good. Every question. I'm I know. Good. good. <laughs> But um, so so you don't think that that would be like a turn off to, I mean, I obviously don't raise the price every day, but like even if I raise the price, like every two months, that won't be a turn off to clients. Like, okay, like why do you keep raising your price? Why can't you know what we're gonna pay? Yeah, one new clients. This is going to affect new clients. Current clients can be at a at that price point and then gradually worked up to whatever you decide is. Because you're going to try out different rates to see what your sweet spot is. When you lock in what your sweet spot is, you're going to have clients that's overpaying. Are you going to take them down or are you going to keep them where they're at? So I'm not saying keep changing prices. I'm saying find your sweet spot of profitability and availability. Right in the middle of, is it profitable and do I want to be available for it? Once you find that sweet spot, then everybody can adjust to it. Now, you may say, I'm working for them and they charging. They spending a lot more. I may not want to bring them down to this price that I got. You may, you can probably do it as a, as a, um, as a sale, as a special thanks, as a special thanks to you. We, we usually shoot your headshots for 300. We're going to shoot them for 299 because we found that's the sweet spot. To us, I'm thinking that's the sweet spot. We book more clients at 299 than we do at 349. So, you know, we get 50% more clients. This is where I want to stay. This works for me. 
You know what I'm saying? So you may, you know, as a courtesy, we're, gonna, we're lowering the prices or we're offering this month. If, you know, you can kind of play it like that. But, you know, finding your sweet spot is the most important, you know, area of understanding and, and being conscious of the amount of value you offer. Let me give you an example, right? When I priced the master courses, right? Should I charge $2,000 for it? Should I charge two forty nine dollars for it? You know what I did? I said, well, what's the price of an okay lens? A okay lens is $1,000. A decent, like, eh, is $1,000. A Sigma, whatever, is like $1,249, $1,599. A G Master is $2,499, $2,799. Top of the line Canon is $2,499. So I priced it at a point of a cheap lens. Because I feel like if somebody, for the price of a cheap lens, a lens that you like, eh, I'm going to give you everything you need to buy all the lenses you want. And if and if you're not willing to say, OK, maybe I'll skip over a Rokinon this time and get a course that'll help me build a business and I can buy all the damn Rokinons I want. You don't really want it. That's my sweet spot. A cheap lens, a Rokinon. That to me, that was an, it was a no brainer. So that's how I found that pricing point, because the information is more than valuable. The information can be a $10,000 master course, super master course. And this is just, I'm going to sell three of them a year. Who cares? But it's priced at a point that we all have to, it's, it's an area we all have to deal with. You, you can't be in this business if, you're not, if you don't own glass, period. You, there's nothing you can do about it. So you're not going to get good glass for under $1,500. It's just impossible. Unless you get a Sigma 1299 1399, 1499, 999 in that area. So I just priced it at the what was the cheapest good lens or decent lens I could find? It was a Rokinon, 849. Let's go. It was a lens that you don't even think about. You're happy not to spend 1699 for the G Master version. You'll take the Sigma version. And it's cheaper than that. So that's that was where I found my sweet spot. And and that's where I'm gonna stay. So you gotta think like that when it comes to and listen, sometimes you, when you underprice yourself, you bring on people that are that's not worth the headache. I've never had an expensive client that was a pain in my butt. I've had plenty cheap clients that was a pain in my butt. Like it's like I just wanted to give them their money back and an extra hundred to just leave. Like I'll give you a hundred dollars to let somebody else deal with you. I don't want to even talk to you. I dread seeing your number on my caller ID. I dread it. Like, I don't want to deal with you as a person, business, company. I really want to, like, it's taking everything in in me to, to just not to, to tell you to just kiss my butt. Like, go write a review. I'll rebuttal it. I don't care. I don't want to talk to you. Like, I've had clients like that. And 100% of them came from people that was on the lower end of the pricing bracket. 100%. The, mo- the further you go up in pricing, the more they're going to be like, let me know when it's done. Thank you. Have fun. Go ahead. Knock it out. What do you say? You say we need this. Okay. Give me that. You say we need that. Okay. Give me that. You think we need hair and makeup? 4K. Yeah. We shooting in 4K. I got. Okay. Let me. The higher you go up, the easier it get. When you in that area of. I think I want it. Maybe you think you can throw that in for. I'm not. Nope. I'm not doing it. I, it's been the worst. And then, you know, you, see, we don't think about. How much we, we never take our time into into consideration. Right. 
We just think about the job is easy. We don't think about how many phone calls we're going to be, how many meetings we got, how many revisions, how long we're going to be re-editing, how many times you got to re-upload, re-render, re-save. We don't think about that. That's something that we just, it don't think, it don't, it doesn't, like, because we think we can do it and time is valuable to us and we have a lot, we don't calculate that in. Because I guarantee you, there's some big or decently priced jobs that you've done. And when you go back and do the math, you made $12 an hour. I guarantee you, you're going to go back and be like, man, it was five, 6,000. But when you go back, it was 10, 50 an hour. It was minimum wage in some cases. And you are like, what in the world? I spent so much time dealing with this client where you could have waited and got you a client that spent double that and then put one fourth the time in and your profit margins are crazy. So I'd rather get four of them per month than get six of the other guys. They calling you back. You still got that one picture I, on man. Why would I art? You didn't pay me to archive it for two years. I'm not holding on to them files. It wasn't, you know what I'm saying? So we want to get another, we want to get like, you will learn not to deal with those clients. They are, a, they are a pain in the butt. I've literally, and I'm listen. I'm just, Y'all know I shoot it 100. I've literally told clients, ma'am, please kiss my ass. I'm done with this. This is what's going to happen. Either I'm going to keep your retainer or we're going to do this. I'm going to keep your retainer and I'm going to delete this stuff and I'm going to say peace or we're going to do a final revision tomorrow. We're going to sit down on the phone. We're going to do a Zoom meeting. I'm going to pull up the timeline. You're going to tell me what you want, what you don't want. I'm going to edit it right there in front of you. I'm going to render it and I'm going to send you the file. Which would you like to do? Because they'll keep change. Let's change. I want to just find you. It's been always with my bottom tier clients. Always 100% of the time. And I've worked with companies, like I said, as large as Google and as little as the mom and pop shop down the street. If they spend little, they're going to drive you crazy. You know, you know, when people email me, ask me 50,000 questions, people who just got a free course. Hey, I just got, I just do I, uh, people who buy a master course. They have five or six legitimate questions. Let's go. People who got the, I was looking at the free course and I'm, I just got a question about how you, but I'm like, what? Go look at the course again, bro. I was, I was thinking about the, I'm up at four o'clock in the morning drinking my Kool-Aid. I thought I would remind you that if I, bro. Would you stop? You know what I'm saying? So it's just life, bro. It's just life. So build it to price it. Make sure you're reassuringly expensive. It may be outside of, you know, we used to what our pockets are, and where we at in life. It may be above that, but it's okay to be reassuringly expensive, especially to a college, especially to businesses. They want, they, they want to get it right the first time. They're willing to spend more to do it. So make sure you provide that. So that you can get it done. And it's, I'm telling you, the last thing you want to do is be stuck with a client that paid pennies on a dollar that want to see everything and want to be a part of every, like they don't even, those are the worst. They almost drove me out of this business because I felt like everybody was like that. But the problem was me. I didn't price myself out of those clients. And if you look at any business that catered to that audience, to the, to the cheap guys, the price shoppers, what do they look like? They look like Walmart. Go stand in a Walmart and watch you see a fight or two. People in pajamas, the weirdest people. I love Walmart, but it, it, it caters to an audience that's just different than Target. That's just a little more expensive 
Target, what do they call it? It's a little more expensive. People going, I'm, I will never, you will never catch me in a Walmart. I shop at Target. It's just a different audience. You don't see as many fights in Walmart. I mean, in Target as you do in Walmart. You don't see as many pajamas and, you know, people, you know, just craziness. You don't see it in Target like you do in Walmart, like you used to see in Kmart or wherever. You know what I'm saying? As prices go up, you just get a little bit di- different audience. You know, go go look in your local liquor store and then go to like a Specs or a Total Wine or big stores that sell liquor. It's just, you know, we have free samples. You don't see that in the corner of liquor store. People be in there fighting to get a free sample. It's just different. So you need to build your brand to be the Lexus, the Mercedes, the Lamborghini, the Porsche, the Cadillac, and not to be a, the bargain brand. You know what I'm saying? Do the bargain brands sell more cars than Mercedes? Yes, but they don't make more money than Mercedes because they're not spending half of their profits on customer service. So those are things that you got to keep in mind as you build your brand. And if you don't look at look at how much money and what Kia is doing, Kia is probably producing a better car than 40 percent of Mercedes. They can't sell them for the price because you can't recover from being a cheap guy. There is people like, I don't care what you put in the Kia. I'm not spending 60,000 for it. I don't care. It can fly. I'm still not spending 60,000 for it. It's a Kia. Not saying that the product is bad. It's just that it's they're changing logos. I'm like, what is that? That's the new Kia. The logo don't even say they're doing everything to try to convince you that it's valuable. And it may be. I think spec for spec, car for car, they're probably producing better cars for one for, you know, two thirds the price. But they have to because they're trying to offer more value to people that's price shopping. They're trying to recover from being the cheap guy. And they have billions to play with. You got a couple grand. They have billions to throw around and still can't shake being the cheap guy. So build it from day one being Lexus. Lexus came out of nowhere. Lexus didn't start it. Like they were like, I think it was Toyota was like, who who Lexus? Uh, Acura is Nissan. Toyota was like, you know what? Y'all don't want to spend 60000 for a Camry. We're going to build a new brand, put a new logo on it. Change the headlights, the taillights. We're going to call it a Lexus, whatever. We're going to give it a name, a GX3 or whatever. And you're going to spend more money than you would have spent for a Camry for the same thing. But it's more luxurious. We're going to add a few more creature comforts and you're going to do it. And that's what companies do. They create multiple brands for multiple areas of the market. They do it all the time. All the time. Um, Evolve asks which course you want to start with the master course. You want to start with the red one, um, the the course, the uh, create course. Create is where you want to start. Let me wrap so we can get to the after after show after after hours where we can really chop it up and um, we can go from being uh PG thirteen to rated R. No, I'm joking. We don't really, you know, we we uh we had some crazy stories last time. The, the horse story. If you missed the cow, was the cow the cow story. Everybody's the cow story. Where is she at? We need her cow story. We'll talk about it. Uh, we'll talk about it in the uh, in the after hours. We got some crazy stories. Absolutely crazy. Um, so gold member standby. Let me jump into this. Let me let me 
let me say my uh say what I say because it went an extra hour, but it's all good. I'm I, I get to talk to my people, so stand by for one second. Don't go nowhere. We about to really chop it off. We have some gold members that don't come on live. They wait till we go to the after hours, and then it's like bloop 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 bloop. Like twenty people show up. So all of you guys, you can get ready to uh to jump on because I know you're gonna do it. Live Um, but gold members, stand by. Let's let's get to it. All right, everybody who's watched. I want to thank you for uh, spending your time with me, spending your Wednesday evening real quick. That's not it. That's the that's the one. That's where you start. If you're looking to start, that's where you start. And you can start there and then you can use. Where is it at? I got a button. You can use that with it. Boom. There you go. Pause the screen. Do what you got to do. Um, there you go. Real quick, because I get people coming in last coming in late and, and I want they want to the, the original topic is work for hire. Let me let me give you 30 seconds and then we're going to go out. You don't want to sign a work for hire if you're a contractor, you don't have a choice. If you work for a business, you don't have a choice, but as a business, you never want to sign a work for hire because they own the content. You don't own the equity in the content. You can't license it to them, you can't sell them raws, none of that. They own it. That means they can hire you at a cheap rate and run a national program, a national commercial with your video, and you can't do anything about it because you signed a work for hire. Companies sometimes provide work for hires after you provide your your uh contracts. They'll have a contract saying that everything that they sign for you is negated. And this is the is the top contract. So make sure you don't sign a work for hire because the law says any camera you take with your camera through your viewfinder with your finger. Once your finger does this, you own it. The copyright belongs to you. Even if you don't file a copyright, it is your property. When you do that, even if somebody hired you to do it, unless you are a part when you when you work for a company to create content, you sign a work for hire. Let me put that back on the screen because I just got a message. You sign a work for hire. Right. The one of the biggest work for hires in the industry used to be back in the day when you worked for Radio Shack. If you invented anything while being an employee, they own it. I don't care if you go in your basement and you invent a time traveling machine. It is the property of Radio Shack. They get you. So as a business owner, you don't want to sign a work for hire. Nope, not signing this. Get this out of here, fam. We can go around that. But I own the content I create. You're licensing it. I can't even say it right now, but you have the ability to use it for these specific parameters. If you want to learn what you should be charging, look for Getty image calculator tool. It'll tell you what you should be charging for licensing so that you have an idea of what they'll ask you as local, regional, international. You can put all that in and it'll say, hey, if you're taking a picture for a company that's using it, you should be charging your your structure based pricing plus a licensing fee of X. Present that to the client. They can do it. They can check it. It's industry standard. It makes sense. All right. With that being said, I'm a wrap for today. I'm going to ask you to post what you learned in the comments again, because if you post it, it is way up. I'm going to ask that you like, share, subscribe. Um, we got to get ready to go to the after hour with my gold members. We're going to chop it up. And I want to thank you for being a part of this. we got a new new Wednesday slot. We're trying to do it where we don't interfere with Monday Night Football. Missed a real good game last week. It's all cool. It's all good. I'm a big football guy. And um, I'm good, but I ain't good enough to compete with the NFL. So, and we got some serious we got some serious football fans in here. And everybody that's rooting for a team they know ain't going to win nothing like me. Go Lions. Um, we don't want to miss, you know, other teams do great things on Thursdays and, and, and Sundays. All right. So I'm going to uh, ask you again to post what you learn in the comments. 
and you all have a safe rest of the week. We got content dropping all week long. All right. Be safe. And I will see y'all in the next video. Hit that like button before you go. Definitely hit it. Where's my, uh, I'm going to give y'all a few seconds hit that like button before we out of here. Okay. I think, I think we got a few more likes. I think. Think so? I think so. All right. We out. You've been listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and go to our webpage at www.flashfilmacademy.com.